We'd like to welcome everybody into the house of God this evening. This is such a sweet and special time to be in the house of the Lord. And uh, we appreciate such a great crowd coming. And we appreciate such a great number of ordained men coming to help us with this ordaining work. And uh, everybody knows, but I, I want to mention it. Jordan Martin, Lee DeWitt, Neil Wyman III. These men, uh, God called to preach and they announced it. And they've been serving God, been preaching. They've proved themselves to the church. And it's on the heart of the church to ordain these men as ministers of the gospel. And so that's what we're going to be doing tonight. Now, now probably threw people off a little bit. A lot of times we have the council come up, but to start don't have a choir but somebody asked about having a choir and it just felt right to me and I thought well uh, maybe the Lord uh, needs us to have the choir sing a few songs and uh, so uh, we'll turn over in just a little bit to the choir and let them sing want you to pray and then when the choir is dismissed and they come down uh, of course the council then will come up and there's a lot of ordained men sitting around through here and these uh, second and uh, first rows here is uh, kind of uh, reserved for family members so that the uh, uh, family and special friends of these men that's being ordained so that you might if you want to uh, we don't demand that you come up here but you're welcome to and there'll be plenty of room for you and we'll remind you that again after the choir sings but I just uh, from the depths of my heart I just want to thank everyone for being here and for God I I've already been blessed and uh, and uh, <laughs> I'll put it this way uh, God's a great God to bless if you can get blessed being nervous as I am, that's really something. And uh, so and so, I appreciate it, and I appreciate everybody being here. So right now, let's all stand with us. Let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll talk to the choir. Precious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for what we can feel in our soul. God, thank you for all the love and the special feelings and special folks that are here this evening and for this uh, reason that we're here, God, that you've, you've made all this possible, God. Uh, we didn't uh, manufacture any of this, but uh, just by trying to follow you, you've brought us down this road. And, God, it feels good to be here. And we just pray for you to bless this service, bless the choir while they sing. And uh, when the ordination gets started, bless it, God. Uh, just help us to have a, a great work of power and love and full of the Holy Spirit. And, God, bless it to touch people's hearts. God, we ask you these things, and we praise you in Jesus' name. And amen. You can be seated. Page 144. <clears throat>
page 70. Page 70.
this time we'll turn it over to Brother Terry. We'll have the park. Good thing. Doing it this way might have been a little extra effort, but it sure was worth it. Well, I appreciate it. Now, council, come on up if you will. Be seated up here in the choir space. And uh, I want to say this. I mentioned, and I mean it with all my heart, I thank God for all these ordained men that's come. But I also thank God for every individual that's here, man or woman. I appreciate you coming and being here in this service and being supportive of what's being done. And so your, your attendance here uh, means a lot. It means a lot to me, and I'm sure it means a lot uh, to these young men that are going to be ordained here in a little bit. And so we'll say again to the family, if there are family members who would like to move up closer, uh, there's a lot of space up here now, and you feel free to come and uh, just uh, do what you feel like, find you a space up here, uh, make yourself comfortable, and you can uh, view the service much better. Again, thank God for what we feel already. And uh, let me just uh, uh, go back and give you a little background. Of course, I mentioned these young men that announced their calling back quite a ways and been preaching and preaching for us. And uh, all of them have been called to sister churches and preached, and God's been blessing them. And, and I want to say this too. And I, I, when we talked in the deacons' meeting, when we were talking about this ordination, and when we presented it to the church, uh, we got another young preacher, uh, Cooper Roberts. And God's blessing him real good too. And I said, the fact that we're not ordaining Cooper uh, to die or this afternoon is no negative reflection on Cooper. He's doing a wonderful job. Uh, Cooper's a God-called preacher and God's used him in a great and mighty way. But when we talked it over amongst ourselves and even with Cooper and his family, we felt like it would be to his best benefit. He's just such a young man still in school. We felt like it would benefit him to wait till later to ordain him. And I'm sure that day will come sometime. But we appreciate Cooper, appreciate him being here. On the, uh, on the first Sunday night in February, uh, that's when our business meeting is, the first Sunday night in, month, the first Sunday night in February, uh, we brought it up to the church, what we've been praying about and talking about, and we had it on our hearts, and the church received it so well, and the church uh, made a motion in second uh, to set aside Jordan and Lee and Neil. Uh, and we came up with this date as the date to do this. And so this is the appointed time, and then we invited folks to come. And so that's why we're here today at the authority of God's church, because they've been blessed and they've been touched. And uh, this is not just something that you do because you like somebody. Uh, it's not something that you just do because of so-and-so's family or this one or that. This is, this is the work of God. And, and God's witnessed it and blessed it plenty with his Holy Spirit. And we want to give credit to that because that's who's doing this is the Lord. Uh, I didn't figure this out. I've been pastoring a long time. And it takes God to put this all together. And so I thank God. And so uh, uh, based on that and the church voted and did what they did and said what they said and gave us this authority. And so at this point in time, 
I want to call the church to order for business because this is church business. And so uh, this being the case, I'd like to uh, ask Lima Missionary Baptist Church, I'd like to ask uh, uh, one of our brothers uh, to make a motion uh, to seat this council. Okay. Uh, Brother John uh, made a motion to uh, seat the council. And uh, can I hear a second to that? Okay. Brother Mike, second the motion. Lima Church, would you vote? If you're in favor of that, just raise your right hand. Amen. Okay, so we've seated the council. And I praise God. Now, got something else that I'd like for you to do, church. Uh, we'd like to ask you at this time to turn these three men that we've uh, set aside for ordination. We'd like to get a motion to turn them over to the council for examination. Can we get a motion to that? Got a motion. And a second. You see who that was? Okay. Got a motion second to turn them in over to the council for ordination or for, uh, for examination. Uh, everybody in favor of so doing, show, show, raising your right hand. Amen. Okay. And so now we've got the council seated and uh, uh, we got the uh, men turned over. And if you men and your uh, wives would like to come and get these seats up here, you can. And I'm going to turn to the council. Uh, council, uh, could I get a motion second from the council uh, to receive these men uh, for examination, for ordination? All right. Okay, right move second. And get a vote from the council. Council votes. And so move carries. And so uh, if you men would like to come up and uh, be seated up here, and, and if your wives would like to come with you, if they feel like it and can, that'd be great. Now, if you need to move those chairs, if you need a little more room, just move them where you need to. And, and uh, all right. We I'll say this. We appreciate these men. I've mentioned that so many times. These men that uh, have announced their calling and God's witness that they are really called. And uh, God's using them and blessing them. And we're glad they're being ordained tonight. I know everybody knows what I'm about to say, but it needs to be said. Uh, we're not ordaining these women. Uh, that's not what this is about. But they are helpmates to these men. And, and I, I want to be real honest. I don't know what I would do. And I don't know what I would have done without my wife. She's, she's not the preacher and she's not the pastor. But I really don't think I could do and, and could have done what God's had for me to do without her help. She stood by me. She's helped me up and she's backed me. And sometimes when I've been down, she's lifted me up. And uh, a lot of times uh, I'd be maybe in a quandary about something and God give her something to say to me to help me uh, find the right direction. And I, I'm telling you what, uh, and I said this and I don't want anybody to misunderstand it. I already said we're not ordaining women. I, I, I told Linda once, I said, I know you're not the pastor, but just as surely as God's given me a ministry, he's given you one. And I believe that. And so, and so I not only appreciate these men, but I appreciate these women uh, that are standing by their side and helped them and uplifting them. And so when we had the, uh, the council formed and we were voting on things, and, uh, you know, we have a doctrine that we believe we call it the 18 Articles of Faith. <coughs> Excuse me. It is not a substitute for the Bible. But it is 
uh, some statements that tells you what we believe about the Bible. Uh, the Bible is God's word, and it's, I'm telling you what, it's, that's what we go by, and that's what we depend on, that's what guides us. If you leave that, uh, you've left the Lord. But this, we've got 18 articles of faith, and we've got a church covenant. And so uh, these tell about our doctrine and what we believe and how we ought to do. And so uh, we, we elected and appointed men out of our council uh, to read the, these uh, parts of doctrine, the church covenant, and the 18 hours of faith. We're going to start right now, and we broke the uh, church covenant up. It's got five paragraphs in it, and we broke it up into five paragraphs so we could get five men to do that. And then we've got 18 articles of faith, and we uh, broke that up and distributed that so we got a man uh, to read each of the articles of faith. So right now, uh, we're going to start with the church covenant, and we're going to ask uh, uh, the brothers that's, uh, uh, in order to do that to come and turn and, and share that with us. like jumping right in the fire, but uh, um, <clears throat> it's an honor to be here today. Uh, it's an honor to take part and to share in uh, ordaining these three men, and I'm thankful to be asked to help, and uh, more than all of that, I'm thankful that I've witnessed uh, God's uh, hand on these men and his Amen. ordaining them, and uh, I appreciate them. So, so I'll try to be very brief. Um, uh, church Covenant, uh, and uh, if you haven't read the Church Covenant on the wall, it's, uh, it's a document that uh, we agree to live by and, and enter into. A covenant is an agreement between two parties, and um, uh, it's a very important part of our church membership. And, uh, so um, they've asked me to read the first paragraph, um, and that starts out, Having been led as we believe... By the Spirit of God, and I want to say something real quick about the Spirit of God and being led by the Spirit of God. Jordan and Lee and Neil, if your ministry is going to be successful and fruitful for God, you will be led by God's Spirit. And in my life, in my life, the best times in my life is when I let God lead me. And the absolute worst times is when I've not let God lead me and when I've followed the flesh. And I'm sure many of you would agree. And uh, we, can, we can get in the flesh, and that's when we go wrong. But if we are led by God, we'll do what this covenant teaches us. So we are led by the Spirit of God to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. And we believe that to be saved by God's grace, he has to speak to your heart, and he has to be leading you to come and believe. If you do that any other way, or if you profess that any other way, um, uh, I'm just not so sure about that. But God leads us to accept his son. And, uh, and then on the profession of our faith, on the profession of salvation, having been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, and that baptism is water baptism. We believe in full immersion as water baptism. But you first having been led by the Spirit of God, have to be baptized with the Holy Spirit of God. In the presence, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, we do now, in the presence of God, angels, and this assembly, 
most solemnly, and that's a word that is a very difficult word to define sometimes, but solemnly, I believe, is with great purpose and great sincerity that we enter into covenant with one another in our church, and we enter joyfully. The greatest joy in my life, nothing has brought me more joy than being saved. But after being saved, the greatest joy in my life is when I've been in fellowship and with my church, served God with purpose and uh, most solemnly and joyfully enter into covenant with one another as one body in Christ. Now, we have a lot of churches represented here, but every single member of each of those churches, if you're truly saved of each of those churches, you are part of the body of Christ. Amen. And that's how we work together. That's how yeah. we can work with such great harmony. And God moves and blesses. And, uh, and I believe this is so important. That's the end of this paragraph. These next four paragraphs are very important. And it would do us all good to pay close attention and take inventory in our lives. Because the next four paragraphs give us some rules that, that this covenant uh, requires that we live by. So I appreciate your time, Jordan, Lee, and Neil, and your wives. I pray God bless you. Appreciate this opportunity and appreciate these three men. And uh, we're not worthy. Uh, John the Baptist, he said, I'm not worthy, but... Jesus said, suffer it to be so. And so there'll be times in your ministry as you go out and preach your gospel, you say, God, I'm not worthy to do this. You just have to remember those words he told John the Baptist. Suffer it to be so. We've got to carry on anyway. And, and I'll add something to what uh, Brother Terry said about your wife. Uh, at least it's been my experience. There'll be sometimes you need to jerk a knot in your hind end and tell you to get over yourself and get on with it. And I appreciate mine's been good enough to do that for me and help me get on down the way. And so I, I love her. And so uh, the second paragraph says, We engage, therefore, by the aid of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and always remember that, by the aid of the Holy Spirit. And to be able to move, we have to have that spirit. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, sometimes it's like stepping off of a cliff. Sometimes we got to, by faith, make that first step. And he'll be there with us. Uh, a lot of times people, they sit around waiting for God to pick them up and set them somewhere. It don't work that way. We've got to be willing to do what he'd have us to do. Because if he has to set us where we need to be at, we'll wind up like Jonah in the belly of hell crying out, wishing we'd never got there. But by the aid of the Holy Spirit, to walk together in Christian love, to strive for the advancement of this church. And wherever God sets you, strive. Uh, he didn't... Uh, Several years ago, uh, there was a whole bunch of preachers there at Fuson Chapel. And the Lord just blessed us abundantly. Great services, a lot of people getting saved. Brother Terry, I knew one day uh, they'd have to take their flight. 
Why? Because the Lord don't call us to preach to hump up in one spot. He sends us out to preach the gospel because there is churches out there who need good pastors. And the gospel needs preached all over this country. So if the Lord sends you somewhere, go and be willing to preach his gospel. And all those men, I miss them. Uh, Brother Mark and Brother Whalen and, and Trey Evans and, and Scott Collett, all those men, but they're out there pastoring good yeah. churches and they're doing a good work. Good. Lord's got a good work for you. Amen. Go out and do it. It says to strive for the advancement of this church in knowledge, holiness, and comfort to promote its prosperity and spirituality to sustain its worship, ordinances, disciplines, discipline, and doctrines, to contribute cheerfully and regularly to the support of the ministry, the expenses of the church, the relief of the poor, and the spread of the gospel through all nations. And I want to say this, there is a natural part of this. Uh, the church pays the light bill just like we pay the light bill. The carpet and the seats wear out just like they do in our home. And there is a need that the church be naturally sustained. And this is a charge that goes out to each and every one of us here today is we've got that responsibility. Not look to just a select few, uh, but we each have a part in that and we ought to support it. And because uh, and there's natural needs in the church uh, but all these things are important. As you go through, you'll see each of these paragraphs, they kind of go to a specific thing. Just take them to your heart and let them be with you. We love you all. Amen. Appreciate it. I don't know about anybody else, but I appreciate the covenant. Um. I ain't always lived up to it. But when I don't live up to it, I got to go back to the church and say, hey, I'm sorry. I've not been living up to it. And just because you preachers with this full pretty certificate and all that stuff don't mean you always going to live up That's to this. Right. Um, Sometimes people think us pastors and preachers, we get a special pass on Satan or something, um, and we just can live this perfect life. Boy, he fights me every day. And I'm like Clint said, and I probably should have nominated to go after me. Um, I appreciate what he said. I've got a good wife that every Monday I want to give up and, Every Thursday, I told him, I said, about every Monday and every Thursday, I'm just ready to throw the towel in. Um, things don't always go the way we plan it or the way we think it. And the way, but she always reminded me, God called me, man didn't, just keep fighting. Keep fighting because it's worth it. Um, and when you do mess up, don't be above asking for forgiveness. I pastor a little church in Louisville. And I got some of my members with me, and they'll tell you there's been times that I've walked in there and I said, hey, I'm your pastor, but I need you to forgive me. I'm not quite been where I need to be. And they say yes, and they love me, and they forgive me, and we move on. Uh, so hold your head up when things get tough.
because it's going to get tough. Uh, it's going to get lonely, but God's with you. Love this covenant. Love this uh, paragraph that they've asked me to read. It's one of my favorites, and I think it's very important. I, I said one of my favorites because there's five paragraphs, and all of them are my favorite. So it's one of my favorites. Um, we also engage to maintain family. You know, family. It doesn't come first. Um, family don't come before God. It doesn't come before the church. They got their place, and God put them in that place. Um, but we maintain family and secret devotion. You men going to have to steal away sometimes and get in the Word um, by yourself. That's secret devotion. Um, my wife sometimes asks me what's on my mind, and I'm sure these other preacher wives have been in the same boat, and I said, well, I really can't say right now. You'll just have to find out. When I, there's some secret devotion. But there's also some family devotion. Some of the greatest enjoyments of my life is reading the Bible with my wife and talking to her and studying with her. It's been a blessing. So don't forget that. Uh, don't forget that. Uh, that sacred devotion is important to religiously educate our children. Boy, that's our job, ain't it? The world sure ain't telling them nothing about God or Jesus or anything. We need to educate our children. Um, this thing's been upheld, and I look over a crowd, and this is a wonderful crowd, and this thing's been fought for and upheld throughout the time, and I'll be honest with you, I don't know about these other preachers, but if that isn't hanging on the wall at the church I'm going to stand in, I probably will go on out the door and go somewhere. I find it that important. Sure. Some people may think that's silly, but I think it's that important. We, we, ought to, we ought to honor each other. This entered into, as the brother said, one body in Christ. Um, <clears throat> we need to educate our children. They ought to know what that covenant is before they ever even get saved. Amen. You remember when you was a kid, you read that thing about a hundred times, couldn't even quote a word of it, right? Um, read it. Know it. Because it's good. Um, to religiously educate our children, to seek the salvation of our kindred and acquaintances. That leaves nobody out. Amen. Uh, best of my recollection, God created Adam and Eve, and we all came from them, so everybody's our kindred. Uh, and you don't meet nobody that don't become an acquaintance. So we ought to seek the salvation of all that are around us, that are anywhere around us, to walk circumspectly in the world. Amen. To be just in our dealings, faithful in our engagements, and exemplary in our deportment. Boy, I love this, to avoid all tattling. You got a problem, go talk to the Lord about it. He can help you. Amen. Uh, Terry preaches something that don't quite sit well with you. Don't go home and talk about it. Go home and pray about it. Um, I told them, us pastors, sometimes we're the talk of the coffee table 99% of the time. Um, I'm just being honest. We preach a little hard sometimes, and people don't like it. They get mad at us, and they go home and talk about us. Terry, I'm used to it by now. I'm sure you are. You other pastors are, too. You're used to it by now. We, we, it don't even bother me. Somebody asked me, I said, I got pretty thick skin. I understand that they're not going to like me sometimes. The world isn't going to like you when you try to live right in it. Uh, they never will. Um, but don't, 
Don't run around tattling. If you hear somebody done something, just pray for them. Uh, don't backbite. And, uh, and, and it says to avoid all tattling, backbiting, and excessive anger. To abstain from the sale of and use of intoxicating drinks as a beverage. Social drinking ain't okay. It's not. Uh, having it in your house ain't okay. Um, trying to hide it and do it ain't okay. Um, we need to leave that stuff alone. Uh, anything that alters us from being us, we ought not touch it. And that's just it. Uh, I'm telling you, we, we need to leave things alone. This world's made it all right, and Baptist churches across the country has made it all right to have a social drink or... It's not right. It was wrong then. It's wrong now. God said to refrain from them strong drinks. We don't need that nonsense in our life. Um, I have enough time trying to keep myself in check without anything that would alter who I am um, and make foolish decisions. This, to walk circumspectly in the world, I'll say this. If the world considers it to be wrong, just leave it alone. It probably ain't going to hurt you to leave it alone. Uh, whether we like that or not, and I know some things they've labeled as wrong and probably ain't wrong and all these things, it don't matter. We got a job to do to walk circumspectly in front of them. God didn't say, listen, I, I know we believe once saved, always saved. Boy, and I do. Everybody believes that. Amen. Uh, boy, believe in it. But he also didn't save us to just live any old way we want to. We ought to live right. We ought to walk right. Well, you got a job. Uh, you got a title. Uh, that preacher title going to weigh heavy on you boys sometimes. Very heavy. Um, and sometimes you're going to wish you had never was called. Amen. <laughs> if I could have got out of it, I would have. How about you boys? I'd have got out of it. I'd have ran as hard as I could, as long as I could. I'd have never done this. But I couldn't get out of it. And that's what, uh, that's what it is. You can't get out of it. So just leave that nonsense alone, and it won't do you no good anyway. Uh, to be zealous in the efforts to advance the kingdom of our Savior. What we do, we ought to do it with great zeal and excitement for the Lord. Uh, too many times I can go to a football game and watch people be excited about being at a football game. They come in on church on Sunday, and they look like they had a funeral. Don't understand that. I'd rather be excited about the Lord. Uh, he's the one that saved me. He's the one that did it. Um, nobody else could do that. Be zealous in the efforts for the advancement of the king. Be happy to do it. Be, be eager to, uh, to preach his word in yourself, not in the flesh. We're, uh, these times we don't ever want to get up and, and preach. And, and, and just as uh, what Brother Clint, I love what Brother Clint said. I'm reminded of what he said. I'm not worthy, but he said suffer it to be so. Yeah. Amen. And how many times from the seat to the pulpit does he remind us how unworthy we are? I mean, I got a short distance at Smyrna. If y'all have ever been there, it didn't take you long to get in the pulpit, did it? Just a little few steps. But in those few steps, Satan tries to tell me how unworthy I am. And every time he does, boys, I just say, yep, you're right. But I'm going to preach anyway. So you might as well leave me alone. Amen. So don't... Don't let the world beat you down when it does. Women, wives, they're going to beat him down. Amen. Just hold them up. Sometimes they're just going to need a shoulder to cry on. Let them cry on it for a little bit. But not for long because you take their head and you pick them up and you say, Hey, 
Let's keep going for the Lord because that's what it's about. We love you, men. We pray for you, ministry. Keep on preaching his word. That's what it's all about. And listen, I love what was said. Brother Clint said it best. Preaching is stepping off a cliff. I've watched them run up to the edge of it and look, but they just won't never take that step of faith. You just got to step out and trust God's got you. He's got it. When I was a young man, I'd sit between preachers like Terry Brock and Clint and Dee and Dee, these men that I've known, and they'd come in and they'd say, you're going to preach today. I'd say, oh, not me. Uh-uh. And they'd say, yeah, you are. And they'd push me on up. And, and I'd have to stand and I, I wouldn't have a thing. And they said, well, we're praying for you. Just step out and let God use you, man. He'll do it well. We love you. It's, it's a honor and a <clears throat> privilege to be here with you. So what, a, what a tremendous step. And uh, I love everything that's been said. And, uh, I was looking at this and I was thinking, uh, you enter into this and sometimes you're going to feel alone. You're going to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning knowing you've got to be to church in a couple hours and you really hadn't sat down on nothing. The Lord hadn't given you just what you thought you had just yet or you got yourself in the way and you're never alone. And I was thinking, every one of these brothers and sisters that you joined, and like I said, this is covenant. This is a contract. I told my son, you can't take bits and pieces out of that contract. When you make that covenant, everything is set forth in this. You fully agree and take into your heart. It's a contractual obligation. This is what you believe out of your heart. You wouldn't want to break that for anything. God has never broken his covenant with us. Why would we want to break our covenant when we come to worship him? So there'll be those days, and, and I preached it like this a couple weeks ago when I was a lost man. They may have been some little old lady in church that went with my mama and papa that was praying for their grandson. They may have never seen the fruit, but you're never alone. There's somebody praying and got you on their heart. Always remember that you're never going to be alone. And even if the world... Turn it back when you preach the gospel and you hurt their feelings and it steps on their toes. God ain't ever going to leave you if you stick with his gospel. We further engage to watch over one another in brotherly love, to remember each other in prayer, to aid each other in sickness and distress, to cultivate Christian sympathy and feeling and courtesy and speech, to be slow to take offense but always ready for reconciliation and mindful of the rules of our Savior to secure it without delay. So always remember, we're much in prayer. The fervent and effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If we're praying in the Spirit, that what the, the spiritual things, and we leave the natural, that's when we'll see God move and people in prayer, and that's when you can grow and see those things. So you'll never be alone standing in the gospel. You'll have your brothers and sisters. They'll be praying for you in your times of need and distress and illness. They'll be a praying that you'll be comforted by your Holy Spirit. I want to go back to this last part. It said to be, to be slow to take offense but always ready for reconciliation and mindful of the rules of our Savior to secure it without delay. This was said to my wife and and ladies, I want you to understand this. You'll hear things said when people get their feelings hurt at, at certain times of your husband's. Be slow to take offense. Have a thick skin. You're there to support them and to love them. They'll say things to you that they would never say to their pastor or to their preacher. They'll say it to you. But we ought to remember, how can we take off with our brothers and sisters, with Christ? 
when he come into this world and bore our sins upon his shoulder, was spat upon, plucked the beard from his face, was smote him in every opportunity, hung him to a cross in our stead. Yet he done it for our reconciliation. Never, never, never flinched, never faded. So let's be quick to reconciliation. Let's forgive our brothers and sisters. We can't come into God's house and worship if we got all against our brothers and sisters. I'm going to tell you, if you come in and you're, you're envious or you're mad or you're this or that, you can't serve God. It just won't work that way. So be slow to take offense. Realize, pray for them. Show them how much you love them. Amen. Just show them how much you love them. Love them up as close as you can. Let God do the healing. That's good. Be quick for reconciliation. That's love good, Appreciate the opportunity to be here. Appreciate these men. Love them, appreciate them. Heard them preach. Heard them get in the Lord's kingdom. And I'm going to say this. If I had not heard them preach, I've got enough confidence in Lima Church to be here. So I do love you guys, and I appreciate all of you. And mean the world to me. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for them. I'm sad for them. Uh, it's not always easy. These men did a wonderful job telling you about the church covenant. It's hanging up in every church that I've ever been in. It's probably one of the less obeyed things in the yeah. church house. That's right, if, we, if we live by that church covenant that we entered into agreement, and they, they did a good job telling you that, yeah. that that's agreement that we enter into. Right. We enter into that Lima church. You entered into the agreement when you become a member here. Amen. You entered into agreement with them. Now I've got one of the easier verses, but I, I want to back up just a little bit. And I, I, want you to, I want you to listen to this. Verse 2 starts out, says we engage. Verse 3 says we also engage. Yeah. Verse 4 says we further engage. Right. And verse 5 says we moreover engage. Amen. When you engage something, you put it in motion, you put That's it in right. gear. Amen. It means That's it's right. something that we ought to live up to, something we ought to behold, something we ought to do our best to strive for. And we are to strive for the advancement, they, they've already told you that, of our church to make it the best in this community. That ought to be our goal. That, that ought to be what we, what we go after. And I, I want to read, and, and got the simplest verse of all of them. It says, we moreover engage that when we remove from this place, we will as soon as possible unite with some other church where we can carry out the spirit of this covenant and the principles of God's word. Now, I want to make just a comment or two on that. I worked with a guy one time, and he, he got his feelings hurt there where he went to church. He went to a, a, a Baptist church, and he, things happened, and he went down the road, and he, he, he linked up with a non-denominational. And I asked him one day, I said, I said, what do you believe? Well, he said, we, we believe about like we did. I said, it's important what you believe and what you stand for. Yeah. Man, I'm going to tell you, don't just go down the road and join up with anything. And, and, and I'm going to tell you all out there, don't just go down the road and join up with anything. Get in something that will teach you the truth, will preach you the truth, will stand for the truth. And it's not easy, guys. It, it, sometimes it's tough. Uh, and, and, and I'll say this, and I'll sit down. We, down in our area, we, we, we pass a church that's got a bulletin board up there. And it says a change in church for a change in times. I don't want to change. Amen. I want the Bible says, seek ye out the old paths. 
And when you find them, walk therein. That means be engaged in it. Be, be all about it. Be, be standing for what's right. You know why? Because I know some of you already have. You're going to have little children coming up. They need to know what's right and what's yeah, wrong. Right. Amen. They, they need to hear the sound of the gospel go out. Amen. And it's power and it's purity. And it needs to convict their heart. And that's what church is all about. Right. Church is an organization of baptized believers. That, 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 yeah. that agreement, we entered into it. And I want to say, if, and I'll say this and I will sit down. If you ask the people in our area, and I'm not speaking about up here, what the church covenant is, I say it's that uh, frame things up on the wall. That's what they'll tell you. But it's the agreement we made with that church. And we, we are to uphold it. We are to stand for it. May be engaged in it. Be a help to it. And not a hindrance. Love you guys. And I appreciate you with all my heart. Thank the Lord for these men that's explained the church covenant. I know the answer to this, but I, you men believe that? What you've been told? What you've been read? Hey, man, I don't know why this come up hard, but I need to tell this just a little story, and I'll move right quick, and then we'll turn over to the men with the articles of faith. Uh, what uh, Brother D was talking about really stirred my heart, and I remember this. He was talking about how important, what church you go to, and about the fellow leaving the Baptist church and going somewhere to... Uh, non-denominational when I was a teenager I had some friends and they were nice folks and uh, they went to a different kind of church than I went to they invited me to go over to church with them I said well they're pretty nice folks I'll go with them well when I got over there and I went to church with them in that particular spot I was in uh, there was an unusual spirit there it wasn't what I'd been used to and when they started talking about their doctrine and what they believed, I thought, well, that's, not, that's against the Bible. It wasn't right. They were teaching things that was not right. And uh, so it made me feel funny. Well, my dad, who was a deacon, uh, a few days later, he said, hey, buddy. He said, uh, how did you like that service that you went to? I actually went to a couple of them. I said, I didn't care much for it. I said, it had odd spirit and bad doctrine. He said, well, would you recommend uh, to your friends and people know you, would you recommend them to go there to church? I said, well, no, Daddy. I already said it's bad spirit and bad doctrine. I wouldn't recommend it, them to go there. He said, you already did. I said, what are you talking about? That's exactly he right. said, if they've got any confidence in you as a Christian and you're going over to church, you recommend it to them. By you being there, recommended them to go to church there just as much as if you'd have said it with your mouth. So I, I said, well, I'm done. I'm not going back there no more. If you can't go and have the right thing, uh, y'all not go. And so I appreciate the, these men giving church. I'm going to turn over to the fellows with the 18 articles of faith. We'll just turn over to them and let them come in rotation just like the guys did with the paragraphs and the and, and just keep praying. Well, I feel the Lord here. Uh, there, uh, there's, a, there's a real purpose in us being here tonight and, or to this afternoon. And I appreciate what I can feel and I appreciate these men. And I'm looking forward uh, to these 18 articles of faith. It's an honor 
all through you fellas. I felt the spirit in all your preaching. Yeah. That's the main thing. Amen. I'm going to read this and get out of the way. We believe that the Holy Bible was written by men divinely inspired and is a perfect treasure of heavenly instruction that it is that it has God for its author, salvation for its end, and truth without any mixture of error for its matter. That it reveals the principles by which God will judge us and therefore is and shall remain to the end of the world the true center of Christian union and the supreme standard by which all human con conduct, creeds, and opinions should be tried. That's what Brother Terry already said. That's, it should be, yeah. Everything should be tried. He started off with talking about the Bible, and he just had another talking about it. Is that what you fellas believe? appreciate being here. And I appreciate yeah. what this service stands for. Amen. Amen. And I appreciate these men here. Yeah. Amen. And what they've stood for and already proven with their preaching. Yeah. Amen. And, and it's an honor to help ordain you. And that's something I sit in there thinking. Yeah. I've not been ordained as a deacon very long, but there's a few sitting here tonight that I got to stand and help prepare <coughs> And these are some of my heroes back here. And these are some of my heroes. And some that's sitting out there. This is an important thing. And uh, I feel the least all of them. I don't have the gifts to explain a lot that they have. That's just not what God gave me. But I'm honored to be a part of it. So you pray for us while we do this. Of the true God, we believe that there is one and only one living and true God. The world won't tell you that. The world will put it, there's a bunch of gods. Anything to keep you from believing and getting salvation, that's what the Lord will give you. Or the world will give you. But there is only one true and living God. An infinite, intelligent spirit whose name is Jehovah the maker and supreme ruler of heaven and earth, inexpressibly glorious in holiness and worthy of all possible honor, confidence, and love, that in the unity of the Godhead are three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, equal in every divine perfection, and executing distinct and harmonious offices in the great work of redemption. And I know the answer, but I want you to say it so that they hear it. Do you all believe that? Amen. Appreciate you men. I love all three of you, and uh, appreciate you, your wives. All three of you women. I love all three of you. Um, today is about ordaining you, but 
as so many of these men have already said, God has already anointed you in this church. Uh, all three of you have stood and preached enough gospel that if people would believe it, they could come and be saved. I'm blessed with the third article. I think it's the most important article of faith. I've got a problem. I had a problem. We all have a problem. When you get down and get discouraged, you think about the people that are sitting in this congregation and when you're called to pastor in those congregations and the people that are driving up and down the road. See, the world view on man is that if you just get out of the way and give man enough time that inwardly he's really a pretty good fella yeah. and something good will come out of that. That's not the truth. I had a problem. I fell. I fell in Adam. I love the song that Mackenzie sings about Adam's fall. As I journeyed through God's precious word, I saw where Adam fell. I lost my soul. But as I turned another page, see, it's not the end of the story, and I'm not going to get on the next article, but just like Paul Harvey used to say, there's the rest of the story, and that'll be Article 4 and some of these other ones. But as I turned another page, I saw his blood shed for human race. Don't ever, ever forget that we've all got a problem. We cannot be born without spot and blemish, and we can't live without spot and blemish. There was one who could. Now let me read this article, and I'll try to get out of the way. We believe that man was created in holiness. Now, you notice it didn't say that we believe man evolved from a monkey or came out of some, some creature that crawled out of the sea and that some big bang happened and that, you know, we evolved. I don't know how God created us, but I know it was creation. And I don't know if we've ever evolved any, but I know that God created Adam with a soul, and he was the first man created by God. We believe that man was created in holiness under the law of his maker, Jehovah. And by voluntary transgression, fell from that holy and happy state. Adam had a choice to make. He made it. We all inherited it. But now keep listening. In consequence of which all mankind are now sinners, not by constraint, but by choice. God gives us a choice. Being by nature... And this is what I was talking about. Being by nature utterly void of that holiness required by the law of God, without spot and without blemish. 
We aren't born perfect, and we don't live perfect. We can't live up to it. Required by the law of God. Positively inclined to evil. And therefore, now listen to this. Therefore, what do we deserve? Under just condemnation to eternal ruin. I had a problem. And the way I found out about my problem was the gospel that you men are going to be carrying. And the way I found out about my salvation from that problem was by that same gospel that you men are going to be carrying. It's don't ever let the world or your mind or anybody else tell you that what you're doing isn't important. What you're doing is important. Somebody already said it, but... My grandkids are going to be running around here one day, and Terry Brock ain't going to be here. And some of these older preachers, Denny and Jack, they're not going to be around no more. I might not be around, but somebody needs to preach them little ones the gospel. Under just condemnation to eternal ruin, without defense or excuse. All right. Now, As Paul Harvey used to say, here's the rest of the story, article number four. I love the church. I love the Lord. Uh, It's good to be here. And uh, Blaine makes it easy to, to follow. Every time I come to an ordination service, I uh, think of my friend, uh, Bob Lumker. Um, Last time I think I heard him preach, a very special meeting. If he was just preaching to me, that's all that. If he's only reaching me, he reached me. And I want to pass this along to you. Uh, He preached that day, do everything you do, do in love. And I think, uh, as Blaine said, I had a problem. And uh, not only is this the answer to that problem, but it's also the greatest example of doing everything you do in love. Um, I'm glad I had a Savior who loved me enough. And uh, as it's already been said, my happiest times are in the Lord. My most fulfilled times are in obedience to the Lord. And uh, my purpose is in the Lord. And I I really appreciate you young men. Um, And I want to start with, right before I read, I want to leave this thought with you. None of us preach us. None of us are able to stand before anybody with any sort of right or privilege. I had a problem. I needed help. I had good people around me, but they couldn't help me. It's about them and the people. But I appreciate the church, and I, and I want to encourage this. I'll try not to say too much. Uh, 
that needs to be said to at every ordination service. These men don't preach without the church. And as we ordain men, we need to stand behind them, uh, both to comfort them uh, in nature and support them, uh, but to also pray. And uh, I'd like to say, I want you to succeed. I remember the first few times being around all these fellas, uh, and I'm not as young in the group as I once was. Somehow that, somehow that changed, but I remember the first few times I just felt like just a young baby and just scared to death. And then, I, it may have been Terry, but somebody said, these are the very men that want you to succeed. And uh, they want to be behind you and want to support you. And uh, I've needed that support. And uh, so before all these people, I'm going to speak for these fellas. They're there for you. I'm there for you. And, uh, but I'm going to read this. I'll get out of the way. So, so. Number four says, We believe that the salvation of sinners is holy of grace. Holy. Not a little bit of me and a little bit of the church and a little bit of somebody else. But it's holy of grace. I had a problem. And that problem was holy mine. Uh, you know, I said, well, we inherited sin. I would have chose sin. I didn't need somebody else to choose it for me. My nature, I have found to be stronger and bigger than me. Uh, it says we're holy of grace. Through the mediatorial office of the Son of God. I had to have somebody go between me and the one I couldn't get to. Uh, I knew I was, that problem I had is I knew I was separated from God. And I couldn't bridge that gap. If there had been another way, see there's a lot of things in life they give you a couple choices. There was no other way for me, for me to get to God. That's what this, this is saying. Uh, who by the appointment of the Father freely, there's that great example of love, Amen. freely took upon him our nature, yeah. yet without sin, honored the divine law by his personal obedience. A long time ago I heard somebody said, you know, uh, Jesus had to die. He, the man part had to die. I'm going to tell you, I don't believe that. He was perfect and just and without sin. And from my understanding, the reason this old body dies is because of sin. If he had no sin about him, there was no, no day of death before him. It was by his personal obedience. You know, if I, I can say I love you, I can say I love you to death. There's only been one person who's ever loved me to death. All the way to the cross. By choice. Uh, boy, that, that puts it in perspective, doesn't it? Uh, it says, uh, and by his death made a full atonement for our sins. I, boy, I'm glad it's a full atonement. I had a problem that I couldn't get through. Amen. And he didn't just give me a little push and a head start. He fully took care of the problem. Yeah. He, didn't just give, he didn't give me a part in it. Right. He, he stood in the gap. Personal obedience, loved me to death, and took care of the problem full-fledged. Full 
Uh, if I'd never got up off that altar when I repented and gave my heart to God and he gave me that full atonement, that was enough. <clears throat> that having risen from the dead is now enthroned in heaven and uniting in his wonderful person the tenderest sympathies and divine perfections, he is every way qualified to be a suitable, listen, a suitable and compassionate and all-sufficient Savior. And I know this to be true. I wouldn't be here if I didn't feel that way. But, boys, we can't preach anything but Christ. It doesn't need any extras. It doesn't need any help. And, uh, and I asked you, I asked the Lord a long time ago when he called me to preach, I said, Lord, just let me know when I hit and when I miss. We don't always hit. And I just want to be smart enough to know when we hit and when we miss. Uh, but I'm going to encourage this to you. Be sure what you're preaching will preach. Live what's worth living and preach what will preach. I believe, the, I believe the preacher ought to be wholly given unto the word. Preaching the spirit. Love you and appreciate you. Appreciate being here this evening. Appreciate you, young men. Something that I've realized here in the last little bit. Uh, we're all coming down with old age. Terry, I'm as old as you used to be. That's a. <laughs> That's a harsh reality. <laughs> I, I didn't come to make jokes, but I declare we ought to be able to laugh about this thing. Uh, what, I, what I thought of when I, was, when I was thinking on that was this. It is so wonderful to see young men coming up behind us. But we know we're going to carry this on, Terry. Um, I thought about uh, how important that it is to stick with the truth. I'm on Article Five, and my this article is entitled Justification. But I, I want to. I want to talk to you a little bit about why Blaine nominated me. <laughs> At the beginning of these articles of faith, I have it written down um, because it came to me one time when I was getting ready to go to an ordination service what these articles and why that we need to look at them from time to time. I've got it written down at the beginning in tuning instrument. Every now and then we need to be retuned. Your piano gets off and gets out of tune. The first one that recognizes that is the one that's playing it. 
You let it go past that, everyone then can recognize it. And the first thing you know, they've got so used to it, Terry, they don't even know that it's out of tune anymore. Back when I was playing and playing music, we'd, we'd get the, an instrument out that would count the vibrations of the strings on our guitars and banjo and mandolin. It's at four, four, 440 vibrations per second is what the standard tuning is. And if you, everybody's in that standard, then everybody sounds the same. So now I'm going to say this. It's all right for a church to be in tune with itself. But it's better if you want to be a church that's working for God and on fire for God, you've got to first be in tune with the master tuner. And that is the Lord himself. Now, how he lets us know we're in tune is by his Holy Spirit. If his spirit doesn't move, the church might be in tune, but she might not be in tune with the master tuner. So I appreciate having these opportunities to get the tuning instrument out. Now, these, these articles were written by men, but yet they were based on what's in the scriptures. Having been led by the spirit, Everything that we do, Terry, is to be done by the leadership of God's Holy Spirit. Because when he's in the midst, if he's in the arrangements, we're in tune. And we're in tune with him, and he is being glorified. I've told, I've told our young preachers, and I'll tell you guys this, I don't know that I've ever had opportunity to. But I've, I've had several that's announced or called to preach under my pastor. Being, being, being their pastor. And the first thing that I told them is something that I had to learn on my own. And that is, when you think you've got some scripture figured out, throw it away. And let the Lord, let the Holy Spirit show you what it really means. And here's what I found out to be so. It's His good will and it's His good pleasure to show you what it means. He's not wanting to keep this away from us. He wants to reveal his mind to us. I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things that God hath laid up for his people. But his spirit hath revealed these things unto us. So, so we've, got, we've got a God who's alive. I thought about this. I won't take up too much time, but I'm just going to share what's in my heart. I thought about this. Our God's name is Jehovah. What that name means, literally, is the self-existent one. He wasn't made up. He didn't come out of man. Man came out of him. He didn't, we didn't conjure him up, Terry. He just is. And, I, and far be it from us to try to tell him what this scripture means. It's far greater for us to rely on him to tell us what it means. So I'd like to read this to you out of the tuning instrument. We believe that the great gospel blessing which Christ secures to such as believe in him is justification. That means, that word justification means that you are made right. 
We've got a problem. And outside of Christ, that problem still exists. Without Him, we cannot be made right with God. The great sin against God is this, is that we think that we can make ourselves righteous enough to be pleasing to God. That we don't need what He has provided for us to make us right. The only way we can be made right with God is for us to be born again. And the only way we can be born again is by His Spirit. And the only way that 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 can take place is when we believe on the name of His Son whom He sent our way. And 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 I'm going to read this. And His righteousness being imputed unto us. I stand before a holy God, Linda, in the righteousness of Christ. You say, Mel, how can that be possible? How can that possibly take place? With man, it's impossible. But with God, it's absolutely possible. Let's read this. Christ secures to such as believe in him his justification. He secures this. That justification includes the pardon of sin, the promise of eternal life, on principles of righteousness. Well, whose righteousness? It's not mine. It's all Him. I stand before God in Christ. That it is bestowed, not in consideration of any works of righteousness which we have done, but solely through faith in the Redeemer's blood, by virtue of which faith His perfect righteousness is freely imputed to us of God. That it brings us into a state of most blessed peace and favor with God and secures every other blessing needed for time and eternity. I like that word, secures it. In other words, he's driven a nail in this, and it cannot be cut loose. We can't be cut. I'm nailed to God through Christ. I appreciate it. The thought came to me, and I'm going to get out of the way. But here's, here's where we are, the redemption of the blood of Christ. When God, God gave instruction to Moses and Aaron in the, in the, gave, it to, gave it to Moses in the wilderness, he said, pick you out two goats. One should be kept alive, one should be offered up on the, uh, uh, as a burnt sacrifice. The one to be kept alive, Aaron shall confess the iniquity of the people upon the head of that goat. And a fit man then will take that goat out into the wilderness and leave it there. And that fit man will come back. And the, and, the, and the iniquity that was on that goat is going to stay out yonder in that wilderness with the goat. I want to, I'd like to declare this to you guys and to all everybody that's here. That goat and the fit man are both Jesus Christ. And when he took our iniquity upon himself, went into death itself, went into the wilderness, and did away with all the iniquity that was against us, he came back, and therefore through him, he raised from the dead, therefore through him, we are justified with God. 
Therefore there is therefore no, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life which is in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Do you guys believe this? Do you ladies believe this? We're not ordaining you. But I declare if you're not with them, man, you're going to be hurting them. And I appreciate knowing that these young ladies are with them. I appreciate, Clint, I appreciate my wife. I appreciate, can I tell a story? Am I taking too much time? Clint brought up the fact of jerking a knot in someone's tail. Does everybody know what that really means? I'm going to tell you a story what this really means. Some of you knows my Uncle Arthur. Roy, you know Arthur. Some of you knows my grand, grandpa Joe Browning. Some, some guy told me one time, your grandpa was a legend in this country. I said, well, I don't know, but he's a legend in my heart. I know that. The author would tell me a story about Papa's shoe and a mule. Putting a shoe on a mule's hoof. And he said that mule kept kicking at him when he was trying. So what he did was he took that mule's tail, tied a knot in it at the end of it, Stuck his hoof up between the rump and the, and the knot, and he said, now kick me. <laughs> Let that picture sink in. Every time he'd try to kick, he'd hurt himself. <laughs> so, every now and then, the Lord's got to jerk a knot in our tail. <laughs> Except stop kicking against me, <laughs> and maybe I'll, I'll, you'll be able to do something. So... I'm going to quit. I'm going to get out of the way. I'll stay here all night. I'm honored to be here. I'm, I'm humbled and I'm, I'm so proud of these men and these women. Uh, I ain't been ordained too long and I ain't been a pastor too long, but you're going to have a journey along the way. Times you're going to want to quit. Times you want to give up. But you just keep on pressing on. It's worth every bit of it. It's worth every mile. Preaching for him is the best gift that you could ever have. Telling the story about how he saved your soul from a devil's hell is the greatest story that I could ever share with the world and what you can share with the world. And, and I, I'm proud, and like Dee said, I'm proud and sad <laughs> at the same time. It's going to be a rough ride at times. You just keep on. And I want you to know you've got a whole lifeline. I want you to look out. Right here, we're all in this together. Amen. We're one mind, one accord. We're one family together. You ain't got to be, be on your own on this thing. I, I told somebody one time about Nehemiah when they was out building the wall together. They got out and they built the walls and they was in separate directions. And they said when the enemy comes by, go to the middle of the wall, or the middle of that place, and you just blow your trumpet and we'll all come together. Yeah. Can I tell you, friends, just go ahead and blow the trumpet, Jordan, Lee, Neil. Yeah. Women, let me tell you, go ahead and blow your trumpet and we'll come by and everybody will get together and we'll help you out together. We're all in this together. You're not alone. Don't you let the devil tell you to give up. Don't you let the devil cheat you out of stopping preaching and teaching the gospel of Christ. It is the biggest blessing that you'll have on this earth. So I want to read this and I'll get myself out of the way. It says, we believe that the blessing of salvation are free to all by the gospel. And, and boy... Let me tell you, the greatest blessing I've ever got is being saved, Linda. If God never did another thing for me in my life by Him saving my soul, that'll always be good enough. It'll be more than good enough. The greatest blessing, Eric, 
that God ever gave you and I was the blessing of His Son to come down and die for our sin. What a blessing it is to be known by God, to be His, to be His and be made by Him, to be loved by Him. There's no greater blessing, Linda, than to know that God loves me. No greater blessing. So are made free to all by the gospel. We say free all the time. It's free. But can I tell you something, friends, that this came at a great price. The great price was that Jesus, God's only begotten Son, came and died for our sin, shed His blood. This came at a great price. We've not been bought with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but we've been bought with the precious blood of the Lamb. It's free. It's free to you and I. It's a free gift, but it came at a great price that God sent His Son to die for us. What a, what a blessing it is to know that God loved you so much that He died in your stake. So by the gospel, what is the gospel? We that around the world seems to have a new view on the gospel. They're trying a new way, a new gospel. Can I tell you, my friends, there's only one gospel. The gospel is that Jesus Christ died for by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Oh, and that's not the end of the story, Blaine. Uh, but see, that's the problem we've got is that by one man's disobedience, we were all sinners. And you say, Matt, why would I have to pay for Adam's sin? Can I tell you something? If you're a man or woman today, go ahead and put your name back in the garden. You was Adam. You was Eve. You'd done the same thing that they did back in that garden. You would have come up just as short as what they did back then. For by Matt's sin, oh my goodness, I'm a sinner. I'm the chief of sinners. Oh, but here's good news, and this is why it's the gospel. This is the good news. By one man disobedience many are made sinners but by the obedience of one many shall be made righteous I'm only justified and declared righteous now because a righteous man died for the unrighteous and gave me his righteousness. I couldn't get there on my own, but thanks be to God, he took my place at Calvary's tree and made it so that I could be made righteous. Oh, that all, listen to this, that is the immediate duty of all to accept them by a cordial penitent in obedient faith and that nothing prevents the salvation of the greatest sinner on earth, but his own inherent depravity and voluntary rejection of the gospel, which rejection involves him in an aggravated condemnation. We all stand guilty, friends. We're as guilty as charged. Oh, but praise be to God, because what he did at Calvary's tree, when he cried out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He was saying, Father, forgive Matthew. For he's a sinner. Father, forgive him, for he's come up short. Father, forgive him because he's unworthy. Father, love him. Please accept him. We are accepted in the beloved because of what Christ did. And we have to accept that of our own free will. It's like, it's like this. It's like a Christmas present. I promise I'll get out of the way. When you get a Christmas pre present from somebody, you wrap it up real nice. You, you go out and you pay it. And you can't wait to give them that gift. Oh, but mercy, listen, friend, they've got to still accept that gift. Yeah. You can get, wrap it up real nice. Let me tell you, I got the greatest gift when I was a 12-year-old boy. Yeah. When he gave me and preached unto me the gospel, and I saw that I was a lost boy, and I came to him accepting his free gift of salvation. Yeah. But mercy, if I would have rejected it that day and I died lost in that state, I would have lifted my eyes in a devil's hell. Aren't you glad today that if you've been saved by God's grace, you've got the greatest blessing on earth, and that's everlasting life because you accepted that gift. You didn't work it up. You didn't do nothing to earn it. You can't do nothing to lose it. But you were given a free gift from God Almighty yeah. by accepting His Son. I, I'm proud of you guys, and I want to ask you, you guys believe that?
I appreciate all you men. Love you all to death. Praying for you. Pulling for you. And if you need me, I'm just one phone call away. So I love y'all. I want to say what a good place it is to be today. And good to see everyone. Good to see these men. And I text them, all three of them this morning, and I said, uh, I said, don't forget to slow down for a minute and, and enjoy the day because I, I went through my ordination day and I felt like it was gone before it ever started and that day was so wonderful to me and there's one thing that's different about me than the rest of these men that are sitting up here and, and don't let that make you nervous the only difference is I got to sit in the pew with all three of these men while we grew up preaching together and uh, all three of these men have been preaching longer than me and Lord they're better preachers than I'll ever be and I love my hold them up high. They ought to be in this place. I need their help. I, I don't feel worthy to, to lay hands on them. And, and I'll say, uh, I'll lay hands on you, but I'll smack you too if you don't act right. <laughs> That's how I feel about all three of you because I love you. And uh, I guess it, there's been so much good that's been said. It's, it's hard to follow so many of these things. And, uh, but I want to share this before I, before I read article number seven. And I shared, we'd sit on the front row and... and you men, I, I go back eight or nine years, and y'all remember we'd sit there and we'd just about shake. We'd be so nervous, and we'd get up, and we'd give everything we'd got, and we'd rear back and preach, and we'd sit down. It'd been 90 seconds. Y'all remember that? And, and I want to say uh, one of those two things has changed, and it's maybe the time amount. We still sometimes sit there and tremble, and I want to say the gospel is something to tremble at. The gospel, it's worth it. And all that Jesus paid for us to be able to go free. And, and Lord, I love these men and these women. Uh, I just got to grow up with them preaching. And, and um, I want to read this. And, and what's on my heart is to say maybe one or two things about pastoring. That's what we're ordaining you for. I like what Dad said. We're, we're not calling you to preach. God's done that. We're just here to send you out and, and say go preach the gospel. And, and I love this. And uh, number seven is of grace and regeneration. And that word regeneration, if you break it down, uh, generation or to generate means to create or to start. And see, we needed recreated because of the fall of man. And as we sat, when we began to get ready, I thought, I kind of hope I get number one. Somebody got that one. I've always, and I thought, Lord, that number three, and, and they nominated mean, mean Blaine Brock over there to get number three. I thought, I wish I could have got that one. And I thought, well, maybe I'll get number ten. I said, I've always liked number 10 of sanctification. And then Israel, he nominated me for number 7. And, and then he, he'll do a lot better job on number 10 than I ever could. But I want you to see one thing. God created Adam at the beginning. He was created. He was generated from the Lord. Do you all believe that, that, that the Lord, he spoke us into creation? Uh, we didn't, I like what Dad said. We didn't crawl, crawl out of a pond anywhere. But we needed restarted because of our sin. <laughs> And I'll never forget the day I got regenerated. The day he reached way down and saved me. That day I got restarted. And we think about a, a generator. You hook it up. When the power goes out, I want to say one thing. Uh, we started at number one of the scripture. If y'all ever feel like you run out of power, go right back to the source. Go right back to the word. Don't preach anything else. Preach the word. And so we've been regenerated. But I love this. It says, we believe that in order to be saved, sinners must be 
regenerated. And I love this, or born again. You think about a child that's born, a lot of times when something gets broken, we try and fix it up. And also, I've been around these guys, they can fix, I don't have that trait, where something gets broken and you can fix it up. And, and I can't work on a car, I've seen these guys, they can take something kind of broken and fix it up. The Lord don't fix us up, He makes us brand new. Amen. He makes us brand new when we get saved, He regenerates us. Now, it says, or born again. You know why we had to be born again? Because that old man died in his sin. We had to be born again. And it says that regeneration consists in giving a holy disposition to the mind. And have you ever heard of somebody that's got a, a predisposition? A lot of times we say that in a negative way. And, but that disposition means to have a tendency or to be set. And I want to say when God saved me. He gave me a brand new mind. He gave me a brand new soul. And now it's our job to preach that the, that pure mind be stirred up. But the only way we can have a holy disposition or tendency is by being regenerated. I'm thankful for that. That it is effected in a manner above our comprehension by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to say I've been saved about 20 years. I still don't understand it. It's right never figured out. Bill, I never figured it out. All I know is that He loved me enough to send His only begotten Son that anybody could be saved. You'll never figure it out. I've never once learned why He loved me enough to save me, but I know He did. He gave His Son. Oh, if I can see the words here, I'll finish reading that. It says, and it's above our comprehension by the power of the Holy Spirit in connection with divine truth. There's a lot of people saying, I've got my truth. I've got a form of the truth. Let me say one thing. There's one truth, and His name is Jesus. Don't preach any other truth, men. Just preach what the Lord gives you. Preach who He is. It says, so as to secure our voluntary obedience to the gospel. I'll tell you this, I hate a Calvinist that says some are elected, some ain't elected. Uh, I believe in free will. If you want to be saved the moment God calls you, if you answer that, you can be saved. And Grandpa, I feel somebody could be saved today. I believe that right here at an ordination, you say, Preacher, I couldn't come get saved. It would interrupt things. I'll say these men would say, I had the best ordination ever because somebody got saved. There's nothing better than being saved. It's the best thing you could ever do. Oh, but I love that by the voluntary obedience, God called me, but I had to answer. And now listen, and that it's proper evidence. I want to say one thing. You get saved there'll be a little evidence of your salvation. We don't preach that as much. We don't teach that as much. When you get saved, there'll be some fruit of repentance. Some fruit of repentance. And I love that. It says that its proper evidence appears in the holy fruits of repentance and faith. Now listen here. This is, this is special to me. Newness of life. We are regenerated. Now I want to speak to you. You, you guys were ordaining you to pastor one day. I know maybe Jordan's getting close and, and we're praying about that. But I want to tell you, sometimes you get in a place as the preacher, you feel like nope, nobody wants to hear me preach no more. They're wore out hearing me. I just, I'm just dried up preaching. I'm just going to throw in the towel. I'm just, I'm just done. I, I, feel like it, I feel like just quitting. But I want to say 
along with us being regenerated in our soul, God can renew our spirit. And in, in pastoring, man, I want you to know when the time gets hard, you just wait on the Lord to renew that spirit. How many times I've sat, and this last week I was in revival, got there on Wednesday night, I'm telling you, I, I didn't have a clue what to preach. I said, Lord, I'm just dried up as can be. And just like that, His Spirit came in. And it renewed me. And it helped me. And that's the same for everybody. But as pastors, let God renew you. Now I want to say one last thing and I'll be done. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm young, and, 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 and I believe I'm the youngest on the council. Hey, I'm the youngest on the council. I, I, I want to say that while I can. And, uh, but I love this. There were times I was in such a hurry to preach, I left God behind. There was th- even sometimes I said, Lord, let me pastor. I'm ready. Lord, I didn't know what in the world I was saying. I'll, I'll, I'll be truthful. I'll be truthful. Andrew, I didn't have a clue what I was saying. And let me say this. Don't be in a hurry to pastor but be a pastor that's in a hurry. Say, preacher, what do you mean? We got a lost and dying world. Don't wait to share the gospel. Be ready, in se- be instant in season, out of season, ready to preach. Can I come hug all six of you? Lord, I love you. Six nods, that's good enough for me. Say it's good to be in the Lord's house. Amen. Good to feel God move in my heart. And uh, honored, honored to be with these three men. Honored to be with Lima Missionary Baptist Church. And I am honored to be with all these men. God knows my heart. I don't feel worthy, uh, but. I'm honored to be here. And what's going on today is, is important. Yeah. Uh, and I want to say this to you. There'll be days, boys, when you, you just like to quit. Sometimes I, I walk by that certificate I've got, Terry. I see all the names of them men yeah. that sit on my council. Yeah. And I, God said, they trusted you. Yeah. And yeah. This ain't, uh, this is not about us, but it's about the Lord, and it's about our people. It's about our people. Uh, those that are lost and undone, they need to be saved. And uh, they won't get saved without the gospel. And we, and let me say this, and you know it. We don't have that ability 
God called us to preach. But he's the preacher. He's the one that does the preaching. And he'll do the calling. And he'll do the saving. And I never forget the day I announced my calling. That gray-headed fellow right there called me. He said, Mark, I'm going to give you one piece of advice. I said, what's that, Denny? I, I was trying to soak up everything. He said, don't ever try to preach. Don't ever try to preach. Don't ever try to preach, fellas. God wants him preaching done, he'll do it. All right, I've been given the eighth article, and you pray just a minute, of, of repentance and faith. He said, we believe that repentance and faith are sacred duties. Got to have them. Salvation doesn't come without that. I don't care. People, people can say, well, you work, you know. Repentance and faith. Listen, uh, they're sacred duties and also inseparable graces. You can't earn that. You, it's, it's not earned. It's, it's the grace of God. Boy, I tell you, if you wanna if you wanna study about something, that is, I mean, you can drown yourself in it. Study about the grace of God. Study about God's grace. Oh, it's amazing. It is amazing. Wrought, listen, wrought in our souls by the regenerating Spirit of God. See, that's. We don't have that ability. Brother, that comes and it's already uh, the first thing that was read. That is what I love that thing. First three words, having been led. We're followers, Dave Houston. We're not leaders. And I want to say this, fellas. God's not making you leaders. What is preachers? Oh, there's something special. no. We're just little servants. That's all we are is a servant to the church. That's what God calls us for. Having been led. The regenerating Spirit of God. Whereby being deeply convinced of our guilt, danger, and helplessness. And of the way of salvation by Christ. That's the only way. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. We turn to God with unfeigned contrition, confession, and supplication for mercy. At the same time, heartily receiving the Lord Jesus Christ as our prophet, priest, and king, and relying on Him alone as the only and all-sufficient Savior. He's it today. It's all about Him. And I know sometimes the devil may come through boys and say, you're doing good. But listen to me. When that happens, you find your little spot somewhere. And you get on your face. And you ask God to help you. But we need to rely totally on Him. And I'm going to share this with you. I thought of two men in the Bible. The Bible said a Pharisee and a publican. They went up to the temple to pray. 
And the Pharisee, everybody knows what he said. Boy, I, I tithe, I do this, I do that. I, I'm doing good. But what did that little what did that little publican do? The Bible said he fell on his face, smote upon his breast, and he said, Lord, be merciful unto me a sinner. Boys, you better find yourself in that spot. You better find you. I'd rather be that as to be that high-minded fellow. Brother, stay, stay humble and stay with the church. I love you. Well, I'll be reading the uh, ninth article entitled, Of God's Purpose of Grace. Well, that's, that's great, isn't it? And uh, there's so much in this that it, 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 you could talk about it and comment on it for, for a long time, but we won't do that, but I'll read it. We believe that election is the eternal purpose of God. That's why, why we're called God's elect. Yeah. <laughs> you know, God does the electing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Man doesn't do that. God That's does right. it. According to which he graciously regenerates, sanctifies, and saves sinners, that being perfectly, notice this closely, that being perfectly consistent with the free agency of man, it comprehends all the means in connection with the end. That it is a most glorious display of God's sovereign goodness. Being infinitely free, wise, holy, unchangeable. I'm glad God's unchangeable. The Bible said, I believe James said, with him there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. When I talk with him and pray to him today, he's the same as he was yeah. the first time yeah. when I first met him. That it utterly, notice this, that. that it utterly excludes boasting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad of that. And promotes, notice what it promotes. And notice this first one. I, I want to just point this one out especially. That's all good, of course but promotes humility. I love that humility. I've noticed all these brothers that stood up here tonight that moved in that good humility of God's spirit. That's good. And that love, of course, and prayer, praise, this is what it promotes. And trusting God and active imitation of his free mercy. <laughs> that it... Uh, encourages, notice this, encourages the use of means in the highest degree <laughs> that it may be ascertained by its effects in all who truly believe the gospel. <laughs> that it is the foundation of Christian assurance and that 
to ascertain it with regard to ourselves demands and deserves the utmost diligence. God's purpose of grace. I, I thought instead of trying to comment, there's so much to comment about in that, of course. I thought, I just felt like I'd like to read just a, two or three verses that Paul wrote to Timothy. And this is to us too, of course, all of us. Paul said this in 2 Timothy, beginning at the 8th verse of the first chapter. He said, Be not there, thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the, of the gospel according to the power of God. Notice this, who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us, notice this, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. <laughs> it's not something that just started yesterday. It didn't just start 2,000 years ago. This God had this preordained before the foundation of the world. Love you. I'm honored to have a part in this service. And, uh, you know, what a blessing to see these young men uh, that are willing uh, to go and do what God's called them to do. And uh, it's not always going to be easy, uh, but God called you. He don't give you something, it's not time to preach. Yeah. You know, and I tell my folks at Pleasant View, and I'm glad I haven't had to do this, but I said, if I come here some Sunday morning and I've got nothing, I'm going to get up and say, I've got nothing. Yeah. And you never know. I mean, right. uh, I saw Terry do that. Yeah. And yeah. we've had some hallelujah services yeah. because of that. Right. So, God just wants you to do what he gives you to do. And, uh, and you're not supermen. That's right. You just, just go to church and, and be willing to preach whatever God gives you. And, and he'll bless you. He'll bless your church. And uh, years ago, and I've told several of these preachers this, but especially funerals. I mean, I just about terrified to do funerals. And the Lord really helped me with that. Uh, he said, Denny, you're looking at your job. You need to be looking at all these people that need help. And, concent and concentrate on them. As soon as my focus changed, I quit worrying about me. As soon as my focus changed, God helped me 
and, and sometimes, and this may shock some of you, but there's been some funerals I did that I just couldn't hardly wait. Uh, I don't like it when folks die. Um, I'd like for us to all stay here just as long as we can, uh, but we're all going to die. And our job, your job, is try to get people ready to die. Yeah, because without Jesus, you're not ready. You, you're going you're gonna to die unprepared. So you need to prepare. Let me read this. Sanctification. We believe that sanctification is the process by which, according to the will of God, we are made partakers of his holiness. So he sanctifies us in our soul when we get saved. You are never going to get any better than that. Because... Uh, and when I got saved, I got the Father, I got the Son, and I got the Holy Ghost. I got it all at one time. That's as good as it gets. That'll get you to heaven. Now, and it talks about some other stuff here. That it is a progressive work. Now, this ain't talking about your salvation. I got it all at one time. You, you don't get your salvation a piece at a time. If the Lord saves you, you got the whole thing. You got the home run. The, the thief on the cross that Jesus said, Today shall thou be with me in paradise. He got a home run. He wasn't baptized. He was baptized by one spirit into one body. He wasn't baptized by water. Water baptism gets you church membership. And if you're not saved, you'll be a, a, a church member that's lost. So you need to get sanctified by the Lord first. That it, it is a progressive work that it's begun in regeneration. So when you get saved, you're just getting started. I, I've seen, I remember Jerry Pack, he just got saved and he got up here uh, and led prayer service one time. And he said some things that I probably wouldn't have said. And I thought, he'll learn. He'll learn. He'll grow. And he has grown. And I'm proud of Jerry Pat. But we learn. We're just like a little baby when we first get saved. You know, and all of us that's had kids and grandkids and great-grandkids, we're excited when they take one step. Well, this is a progressive work. You get saved, and then you learn some things. that it has begun in regeneration, that it's carried on in the hearts of the believers by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Boy, if you want to learn something, let God teach you. And, and preach what he's taught you. And if he ain't taught you anything, don't try to preach it. You'll get in real trouble. Presence and power of the Holy Spirit, the sealer and the comforter. And as Jack said and others have said, he is sure comfort you. And the continual use of the pointed means, especially the word of God. You can't preach on a story in the Bible. You don't have a clue what it says. So you've got to read it so you know what the story is. And them stories in there is not history. There's history, but it's not wrote as a history book. But it's telling you examples 
of what these people went through and what they faced, if you make their mistakes, I used to think that everything in the Bible was just good. Boy, it tells some pretty bad stuff in the Bible. And, and I'm going to be real honest with you. I'm glad my life is not in here. Yeah, I don't want everything told on me. Well, that's another thing, fellas. Don't tell everything on yourself. Preach Jesus. Preach Jesus. Bob Jones said it's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. If all you got to preach is you, you need to read. Continual use and appointed means, the word of God, self-examination. You are never going to measure up, but take a good look at yourself on a regular basis. Yeah. Self-denial, if you do everything you'd like to do, you're going to get in trouble. Right. We are all alike. I don't care how righteous, if any of these fellows back here think they're righteous, I don't think they are. I don't. No, I don't think that there's not one back here that's righteous. We're, we're all just sinners saved by grace. All of us. Yeah, I'm glad God had mercy on me. He saved me, and when I get out of line, he reminds me. Yeah, he, he'll, he'll straighten me up. He lets me know who I belong to. He'll let you know who you belong to. Watchfulness. Well, you got to be on guard. I, I appreciate in some uh, Pleasant View Church here, and I appreciate them so much. Yeah. I mean, there was times, history I'm talking about now, there was times that I was so af afraid and on edge that something wrong would move at church. I know Terry Brock's never felt like that. We don't want the wrong thing to move at church. We just want God's spirit to move. We want everybody to feel welcome, do everything you feel like doing, but make sure God wants you to do it. And, and so it's pretty hard you, as, a, as a pastor, and if you're taking care of services somewhere, it'll make you pretty watchful. And you need to watch about yourself too, and prayer. And so we need to, we need to ask God to help us with everything that we, we do on this journey. And uh, I remember being Terry Brock's age. <laughs> and it was only three weeks ago. say first of all I appreciate this ordination service yeah. uh, they sung a song in the choir well done my child yeah. and I sat back here I thought that's not just talking about after a while yeah. that's talking about this service today Amen. he put his approval on yeah. this right from the beginning Amen. and I appreciate that I, right. it's a lot easier to take part in an ordination service if God's spirit moves real good. Amen. And he's been here good today. Yes, sir. Uh, we're on number 11. Yes. The perseverance of saints. And uh, I thought when Denny was reading that last one, if 
if people would do all the things that, that led up to this one through all of those uh, other ones, there wouldn't be no problem with perseverance. Yeah. Uh, the Bible to tells us to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and Savior. Yeah. And if we do that, uh, that, that that's a full-time job. And Peter said, add to your faith virtue and virtue knowledge and knowledge temperance, temperance patience. If these, if these all be in you and abound, they make you neither be barren nor unfruitful. Amen. But then it goes down and says, he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgot that he was ever purged from his old sin. So we've got some things to do. And just, just because, now, I, I believe these guys are called to preach. I know they are. I got confidence in them or I wouldn't be here. Amen. And uh, so, but it's not automatic. Uh, you got to work at it. Everybody that got up here said that. You got to work at it. You got to put your heart into it and uh, follow the Lord. And I'm not a preacher and I'm glad I'm not. Uh, see, it, just looking looking at it from the outside, looking in, it looks like a pretty hard job to me. And uh, so, but I appreciate our preachers, and I I appreciate that God's still calling men to preach the gospel. Amen. I'm like Blaine said earlier, I got grandkids and great grandkids, and they need to be saved. And I'm I'm trusting that some of these people will preach the gospel to them. of the perseverance of saints. We believe that such only are real believers as endure unto the end. Now, I want to put a thought in right there. Uh, I endured to the end of my faith on a Sunday morning in 1956. God called me, and and somebody somebody was talking about pride a while ago, and I had a I was 15 years old. I had a lot of pride for some reason. I don't know why. I could. I didn't have a penny in my pocket. Probably I don't remember. But I was going to stand and hold on to the bench, and I'd already made up my mind I wasn't coming to the altar. And I was keeping my face straight and looking the preacher right in the eye. Yeah. And uh, I, I had my mind made up. And a lot of you remember Edna Mason. She come to me and just held her hand out and said, do you need to go pray? And that's all I needed. I come out of there and my pride was gone. Yeah. But what I got in return has been worth more than anything in this world. Amen. I got saved by God's grace, yeah. and I, I say every Sunday morning, it's the best thing ever happened to me. Yeah. And let me, let me read this. We believe that such only are real believers as endure unto the end, that their persevering attachment to Christ is a great... Uh, Grand mark 
which distinguishes them from superficial believers. You live for the Lord, somebody will see it. Yeah. Uh, and you don't have to go, you don't necessarily have to go around preaching to people all the time. I knew, I knew a guy like that one time that I worked with, and he was a fine fellow. But he was trying, he tried to preach to people all the time, tell them they was going to hell for this and that and the other, and they kind of made fun of him. Some of them did. But if, if our life, if your life backs up what you, what you preach and what you stand for, somebody will listen. Because when I, when I was lost, there was a bunch of people in Lima Missionary Baptist Church that I, had, I looked up to. And I still do. They ain't here no more, but I still look up to them. Amen. That a special providence watches over their welfare and that they are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. And if if, if God's providence hadn't watched over me, I remember a time, one time, I was, I was in, into something I had no business, and God come along, told me right here, I, he said, you're in the wrong place, you belong to me. And I, I didn't like that right at that time. That, that kind of hurt me. But ever since that time, I, I look back at that day, and thank God, that's one of the greatest blessings in my life. Because he was telling me, even when I was wrong, that I was his. And, and he tells me all the time, when I'm right, he lets me know that too. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm tickled to death with these men. And I, I appreciate them. And I appreciate the church. I appreciate all these fellas that come yeah. to help ordain them. Amen. It's a fine crowd. And I want to throw this in for what it's worth. Uh, my, my ordination certificate is, is probably my greatest possession. They're, uh, that the church had enough confidence in me to ordain me. And uh, somebody was talking about all the men that signed their paper. There's only one guy left on mine that's still living. And uh, I appreciate every one of them. They, they were all a light to me, and I'd hate to let any of them down. Yeah. And that, I mean, we got a lot of reasons to do our job. But Jesus is the main reason. When all else fails, look to him. And we can all look, find reasons to quit. But there ain't a good one.
most of what I'm going to say this afternoon is going to be an echo of what these great oak trees behind me have already said. And I believe that's the way that preaching should be, is most of it is an echo of things that have already been said. Uh, you're not going to preach anything new. Uh, what's done has already been done. Uh, I would like to say I'm thankful to be here this afternoon. And uh, I was talking to some fellas this week, and it, it still doesn't seem real that I'm in a position to, to be right where I'm at right now. And uh, I, I don't feel like I should be here. I feel like the smallest of smalls back here in this, in this group of fine, fine men. Uh, but it's an honor to get to stand before you this afternoon. And I'll, I'll say this, uh, each one of you probably already know this, but you've been a great help to me in my life. Uh, I would say I, I'm confident that I would not be where I'm at today if it wasn't for each and every single one of you. And we were talking about, the, the, the ordained men had gotten together and we were talking about having this service. And they asked if, if anybody had any concerns. And the... the that my thought was, if a church had called and asked for you guys to be a pastor right now, would I say no? And my answer was abundantly and clearly no. I would not say no. I would say yes. Uh, I have full confidence in you to preach the gospel to each and every single one of my children. Uh, I, I have no complaint to have you guys preach to my children when they need to be saved. And I'm, I'm thankful for each and every single one of you. But I'm on, I'm on number 12 of the harmony of the law and the gospel. And I'll be, I'll be brief. Uh, we believe that the law of God is the eternal and unchangeable rule of his moral government. And that, that rule unchangeable is real important, and, and these men have already touched on this. But the, the church should not be changing to the world. The world should be changing to the Lord. And, and that's, that's something that's real important. And as we go on, that seems to be a general subject that gets to be spotlighted more and more is this world wants the church to just change just a little bit. We'll just change this word or change this phrase or change this one part and, 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 and we'll, 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 we'll agree with you then. But the church needs to stand firm on what she believes. Uh, we'll continue on here. Uh, that it is holy, just, and good. And that the inability which the scriptures ascribe to fallen men to fulfill its precepts arises entirely from their love of sin. And, and you men are exactly that. You are men. Uh, and that is an important thing to remember that you are not any more above anybody else in your church and, I, and I'm, I'm really not saying that to you because I have full confidence that you guys already believe that and, and your, you ladies one of your jobs is to make sure that he still believes in that that keep him centered and gravitated where he needs to be and I have full confidence that you ladies are capable of doing that also to deliver holy law, to deliver holy law is one great end of the gospel. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I skipped it. Uh, to deliver them from which and to restore them through a mediator to unfeigned obedience to the holy law is one great end of the gospel and of the means of grace connected with the establishment of the visible church. Man, because of their love of sin, 
had no way to achieve perfection. But when I was just a six-year-old boy, God gave me perfection down on the inside. And, and I appreciate that. And I, and I appreciate you men. Like I said before, uh, you guys have been a great help to me. And I love all three of you. Before I read number 13, I just want to say this. You know, uh, a lot of the brothers have stood, and rightfully so, said how sometimes when you're preaching or pastoring, it can be tough, and it can be lonely, and it can be trying, and all that. I'll amen all that. I, yeah. I amen it when they said it. Amen. But let me give you some encouragement. I truly believe this has been my experience, and I believe this with everything that I am. If you're doing what God wants you to, where God wants you to, when God wants you to, the struggle's worth it. Because when you see God moving and you see God working and you see God saving and you see God growing you and the others around you, you know, the fights are real and they're going to be there and the struggles are real and they're going to be there. But boy, when you feel God moving and it's without a doubt, God, it is worth the struggle. So you keep your heads up and you stay on your knees and not just as individuals, but as couples. Because if you do that and you're obedient to God, you'll be thankful. All those years ago when I was called to then Jefferson Street Baptist Church, I didn't want to go. I told this story over and over again when Brother Danny asked me to come. I didn't want to go. But I'm going to tell you the truth in front of God and all these people here. There's not a day goes by that I'm not glad that I heeded that call. I think back about all the souls. I don't save them. God saves them. Amen. But I'm going to tell you something. When you know that it's right, it'll keep you going. Amen. 13 of a gospel church. We believe that a visible church of Christ is a congregation of baptized believers associated by covenant in the faith and fellowship of the gospel. Observing the ordinance of, ordinances of Christ governed by his laws and exercising the gifts, rights, and privileges invested in them by his word. I want to stop right there for a minute. Okay. Somebody, I forget who it was, just said that the world wants us to change, to be like them. Amen. Somebody not too long ago actually asked me the question, why do you do things the way you do? Why does your church do things the way they do it? And I simply have one answer for him, because it is biblical. Amen. And that's enough. That's it. You know, we're doing it the way God set it up and the way God wants it done. And you can find that in Scripture. So you say, well, preacher, you mean you're not going to change the way that you're doing things? You know what? I didn't write the Bible. I got to live the Bible. Amen. Amen. And I didn't set the way the church is. I didn't put all that in motion. God did. And it's God's church. Amen. It's not Chris's church. It's not Terry's church. It's God's church. And we need to do it God's way. Amen. Amen. That it's only scriptural officers are bishops or pastors and deacons whose qualifications, claims, and 
duties are defined in the epistles to Timothy and Titus. Do you believe that? God bless you. All, all of you know that I love you. And as somebody said earlier, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, pick up the phone and call me. I'll pray with you. I'll talk with you. I'll sit there and listen to you. When I was a young pastor and a young preacher, I'm telling you something. I, there's a lot of times I picked up the phone. God bless you. It's a complete honor to be able to be up here um, in front of the congregations. These men, I you know it's all been said, but it's from the heart. I I, I feel least among being able to be here. Um, so uh, thankful for these young men and their spouses. There, um, I'll, I'll tell a little story. Uh, I found found myself at a church without a pastor. And I was able to call these men to come and stand in the pulpit. And what a great help they were in the time of trouble and hurt in my life. And there's so many other churches that we know that they've been able to be called to and be that help and support. And uh, uh, they don't need my approval and they don't need these men's approval. They have God's approval. And I'm so honored just to be able to be here and be a small part. Yeah. But uh, I've got number 14. Uh, it's a uh, uh, baptism and the Lord's Supper. and uh, uh, th These are uh, two of the ordinances of the church. Um, uh, you, you fellows be leading up on these uh, baptisms and uh, the Lord's Supper. and it, it's, a, it's a great duty that, you, that you'll have. But, um, it says, we believe that Christian baptism is the immersion in water of a believer. Of a believer. And we, we've talked all through it. We hit it in the uh, uh, church covenant. We've hit it through the other articles. I just love how they all build upon each other and how they just grow, you know. And, and that, that's how we should be in this uh, as being saved. Uh, and it was in the sanctification. Um, we all need to grow and we all need to keep going. But it takes being a believer. You could have all the religious practices and things in your life, and you can be doing all the right things. But if you don't have Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, it's just religion, and it's not salvation. But that's where it all begins. And it says, um, it says, in the immersion of water of a believer, and in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Uh, we don't baptize people in ourselves. Uh, we, don't, we don't do that. We do that in the name of the one who gave them their salvation. Um, to show forth in a solemn and beautiful emblem our faith in the crucified, buried, and risen Savior. Uh, I'm so thankful. Um, you know, uh, people ask, you know, they've asked me before, you're Baptist, why, 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 why do you baptize? You know, why can't you just uh, sprinkle, you know? And, and I said, well, that's... That's not what it represents. It represents me dying, this old boy, dying out to sin and being raised in newness of life, a new creature. 
And I'm, I'm thankful. I'm not what I used to be. I'm thankful the Lord saved my soul, and he's made me a new creature. Look, um, with its effect, I'm sorry, with its effect in our death to sin and resurrection in a new life, that is a prerequisite to privileges of church relation and to the Lord's Supper. Um, and that, that takes us to the Lord's Supper. It says, the Lord's Supper in which the members of the church, by the sacred use of bread and wine, are to commemorate together the dying love of Christ, preceding always by self-examination. And uh, uh, thinking about that, you know, and bread and wine, and talking about juice. I'm thankful that that's a, something that we do with COVID. It stopped us having it for a long time. Um, but I'm thankful that we're able to sit back and, and take in the communion and realize what the Lord's done for us. And I'm so thankful for, uh, like I said, for these fellas, uh, for what they mean to me and uh, what they mean to the church. And, and it's not just this church. They've reached out and helped so many. Um, do you believe this? got number 15 and it's about the Christian Sabbath um, you know Jeremy mentioned something a little while ago I really don't know when the world decided that six days wasn't enough that they had to start pushing stuff into um, Sunday to get their stuff done um, you know I'm like everybody else there was there was times I had to work Sunday there was times I had no choice but there was times I did have a choice, and I did it anyways, and, and, and that wasn't a good thing. So, um, you know, there'll be times you won't want to, you won't want to go. Annie, you have to help him. <laughs> you know, you girls have to help him. Just, 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 just stay on him, good. Let me read this guy the way. We believe that the first day of the week is the Lord's Day, or Christian Sabbath, and is to be kept sacred to religious purposes by abstaining from all secular labor and sinful recreation by the devout observance of all the means of grace, both private and public, and by preparation that rest that the re remaineth for the people of God. There's a lot more in that than I know about, but I'm glad to be here, and I'm proud of all six of you, and I love you. Appreciate this service. Good to be here. Thank God for these these preachers. I've called on every one of them at one point or another, uh, and gladly so, Terry. Yeah. Uh, glad they were there. Yeah. 
didn't worry about them. Uh, just appreciate them. I've, I've heard every one of them preach. <laughs> Seen every one of them get up and not preach, too, and get back up the next time. That's important. Yeah, That's very important, because it's going to be like that sometimes. You know that? It's... It's... Uh, Seemed like everything I thought was going to happen preaching, it's happened a different way. Uh, it seemed like everything I, I imagined, God had a different direction for me. God's way has always been better. Um, but I've had to let go of my way. And uh, uh, just my thoughts, it's, it's always going to be not just God standing, it's you and God. You know that? And at the same time, it's not just you, it's you and God. God's got his part in this. Uh, Just like when I was lost, salvation was there. It was perfect. It was presented. It was was viable. But it didn't affect me until I did my part. I had to take part in it. I I found it to be the same way in in trying to stand for God and trying to preach. there's a part that God has to do in this. There's a part that I can't touch, Terry. Right. But there's a part that God's given me to do. Sure. There's a part that God's given you fellas to do. Right. Don't forget that part. <laughs> Don't forsake that part. And, and, and as you grow, and, and, and who knows what's coming. I, I, buddy, I, I tell you what, I, I'd like to tell you, I, I know what it's going to be like 10 years from now. I, I don't have a clue what it's going to be like 10 years from now. Uh, uh, I don't have a, much of a clue what it's going to be like tomorrow. And matter of fact, this 16th article, uh, uh, I, I would have told you five years ago this was irrelevant. It, 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 it never was. But I tell you, this is going to be front and center very soon before we know it. But, but anyway, we don't know what's coming tomorrow. Uh, as you fellas grow, don't forget your part is all you can do. Yeah. Do your part and do it well and, and do it to the best of your abilities. Let God do his part. The 16th article says, We believe that civil government is of divine appointment for the interests and good order of human society and that magistrates are to be prayed for, conscientiously honored, and obeyed, except only in those opposed to the will of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the only Lord of the conscience and the prince of the kings of the earth. This is coming, guys. This is... Uh, my dad's not been passed away that long, but he would roll over in his grave if he knew what was going on today, right now. Uh, what's it going to be like? I'm not a whole lot older than you guys, but uh, uh, what's it going to be like 10 years from now? I don't know. But we still got to remember to stand on these very same things. <laughs> these very same articles, uh, the very same doctrines that we've heard, they're getting less this will probably be outlawed this 16th article somebody's going to look at this and say you all have to take that out of your churches in order to be legal in this country who knows what's going to happen but stand on what's right god's right has not changed and i'm telling you what if we have to preach some some watered down worldly version of salvation we might as well stay at the house it needs to be the real thing the real thing is the only thing that's going to do this world any good and let's not forget either this world is coming to an end it's going to happen it's heading in that direction Uh, let's preach and get all saved that we can see get saved 
But let's also remember to preach the truth. Those that will accept it will accept it. And those that won't, buddy, the Bible talks about them. And I tell you what, if I couldn't have chosen hell when I was lost, I couldn't have chosen heaven either. It's a choice. We don't know what tomorrow's bringing. Stay with what you know. Stay with, stay with what you've, you've felt. So you guys believe that 16th article? Love each one of you, and uh, I'm glad when I when I saw you guys over there, you guys all walked over there, and I felt the Lord, and uh, yeah. you know, um, I know you, you got a great work ahead of you. Yeah. Um, it, it's not going to be easy, like they said, but uh, uh, with the Lord with you, just like it has been thus far, uh, you stick by His side, and He'll He'll stay with you, uh, just like He said. And I, I'm going to tell this story. It just came to me, and I, the Lord put it on my heart. Um, there's one time. Uh, we was leaving the house and uh, going to church up in Continental, and uh, we we got in some kind of argument, and you know I had to, you know, and uh, I don't even know what it was about right now, uh, but uh, and I and you know I thought well maybe I'll just stay home, and I, it went through my head, uh, you know, and I said no, uh, you know that's just what the devil wants, and um, uh, you know, and we went to church and we went on, and uh, we had a great service. There were some people that moved. Uh, uh, sometimes you just have to put those things aside, uh, you know, uh, uh, you'll have little arguments, and but you know, uh, I, I know if, when I'm looking out over the crowd when, when I'm at a church or somewhere, and I, I think if nobody else is preaching, or nobody else is praying for me, I know my wife's praying for me, I know she's helping me, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm so glad that I have a, a help me to, you know, stick by my side, uh, you know, you, you have ups and downs, uh, that's the way this life is, uh, uh, but you know, uh, you stick by the Lord, he blesses you, and, uh, you know, that was an exciting service. So, you know, a day that started off not so good, you know, it, it went to a pretty happy time at the church house. Uh, uh, so, you know, uh, and it, sometimes you're tired, uh, you know, uh, it's just the way it is. Uh, and I, I, I want to say this one other thing, then I'll, I'll start reading. But, uh, you know, uh, when I first started preaching, at, at, you know, a, a pastor, and I, I was always concerned, you know, uh, uh, you know, what was going on or what, uh, you know, in, uh, but, you know, uh, the Lord has shown me in those scriptures that, you know, when, you, when you're sowing a seed, if it looks cloudy, yeah, you know, just sow anyway. Or, you know, if you have problems, out, just sow. Uh, uh, follow the Lord no matter what it looks like. Uh, you know, and maybe you only have a few people come to church that night. Uh, uh, and you think, well, maybe I don't, you know, uh, if the Lord puts something on your heart, you'd preach your heart out. Uh, you know, those people need help. Uh, we need help. Uh, I need encouraged on a regular basis, uh, you know. Uh, and we all do. Uh, uh, you know, we're just all human. Uh, we all need help. Uh, there's none of us out here that don't need help. That's why I'd say it's so important to come to church because uh, you need help. Uh, you know, I need help. Uh, and so we all help each other. We all help each other. And so, number 17, we believe that there is a radical and essential difference between the righteous and the wicked. There is no in between. There is no in between. Salvation, you either have it or you don't have it. Uh, you know, you can't work your way. You can't pay your way. You can't do any of those things. It's a gift from God. And you have to receive it from God. And such only as through faith are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and sanctified by the Spirit of our God are truly, truly righteous in his esteem. It's strictly Jesus. Every time we get up, you know, it's Jesus. We preach about Jesus, what he did. He was the perfect one. I'm not per- I, I look at my life and see all the failures in me, uh, you know, and you, you can too. We're all failures. It's been already stated. But, uh, you, know, it's, uh, you know, I'm glad through Jesus Christ, he, when, the, when God looks at me, he sees Jesus' righteousness and not mine. He sees Jesus. While all such as continue in impenitent and unbelief are in his sight wicked and under the curse. So if you won't repent of your sin, you're under the curse. And the distinction holds among men both in <coughs> and men both in, in after death. So it's, that's why it's so important. If it was just in this world and maybe uh, nothing afterwards, uh, maybe it wouldn't be so important. There's an eternity. Uh, what you ha- you know that, and Dad corrected me on this. Where a tree falls, that's where it'll be. That's that, that's where it'll be. That's that. You know, uh, it's going to be there forever. It'll be there forever. So make sure that somewhere in your life, while you're through here, come through here, that you get the Lord in your life. And I know these men are uh, preaching that and, and uh, uh, teaching that and doing everything we can. To, and I'm glad you're uh, willing to stand. Uh, it's going to be rough sometimes. But, uh, you know, like I said, lean upon the Lord and he'll help you in all things. Glad. And I believe you all believe this, right? <laughs> they gave me number 18 of the 18 articles of faith and these guys are going to be sorry because I got about 35 points I want to make should take 45 minutes and I'll be done no those of you know me know better than that you know I'm kidding um, I do I do love this 18 article I love them all but this one is, is special because it speaks of our promise what we have coming and uh, I want to read that first verse um, we believe that the end of this world is approaching. Anyone that reads the Bible, can't, we all see the, what's going on in our world. And Russ mentioned it, touched on it, and I'm glad he did. You only have to look at yard signs and bumper stickers and the newspaper to see what level of wickedness we face every day. And I, I tell my wife sometimes, it could, it could, it can get you down. It can disturb you. And if we didn't have what we have, yeah. it would, it would, we'd be in a funk. We would be troubled all the time. Yeah. But because of what we have, we can look past that. We know what's coming. Yeah. Um, but um, what I'd ask you, men, is this: knowing what we face, what you'll face in the pulpit. There'll be times you'll have to preach against this. Um, and, and I'm not advocating any, ever preaching something in yourself. But if God gives it to you, you've got to be able to preach it. Wow. I've heard our pastor do it. Yeah. And, and it's not always an easy topic. Sometimes it hits pretty close to home. Right. But um, my dad, one of his favorite uh, scriptures was over in Proverbs. A little sleep, a little slumber. 
a little folding of the hands will lead us to poverty. So, you know, we, I think Carl said, and some of the others have said, and these men have all spoken well about it. It's not always an easy path, but it's a good path. It's good work. So now we get to the good part of this, 18. And I love this. And, and this, to those that are saved, this is a wonderful encouragement. And to those that aren't, it's condemnation. So um, I'll, I'll read that first one again. We believe that the end of the world is approaching, that at the last day Christ will descend from heaven and raise the dead from the grave to file retribution. And here's that. Here's what I spoke of earlier about the ones that are saved. That solemn separation will take place. That the, excuse me, that the wicked will be adjudged to endless punishment. The righteous to endless joy. And that this judgment will fix forever the final state of man in heaven or hell, on the principles of righteousness. To the Christian, it doesn't get any better than this. It just doesn't get any better. And I'm, I'm thankful that on those days when I look at the debauchery and the, the, the evil in the world, I look beyond that to what God did for us. And, and I'm comforted by that. So you men believe this. Bless you. two jobs and so uh, do the best I can with this uh, interrogation I think is the name of this this might have been more appropriate if you had it blamed <laughs> <laughs> well uh, I feel like you're qualified or we wouldn't none be here and I think we all feel that way so I don't, it's not necessary to have a whole bunch of questions, uh, but I would like to ask these women, and I want to uh, give you an answer. We just, we ordained a deacon not long ago, uh, B.J. Vance, and I liked his wife's answer so much. Um, we asked her if she supported BJ being a deacon and her answer was 100% I just that that answer just really suited me I, I just liked that and I'm not asking you ladies to give that answer but I would like to ask you each uh, does your husband have your full support in this work that he has chosen there's probably going to be some times, I don't know what all is going to come up, but there's probably going to be some times that he's got an obligation to go somewhere, to do something. I'm sure that a lot of these women, men here have wives at home. And, and maybe some of them might have said, I hate for you to go. Uh, but this is God's work. And I'll tell you what I think. I think if I was not doing God's work, I don't see any reason that God would want to keep me here. Amen. 
I'm being honest with you. Uh, I mean, from time to time, I'll be in a service somewhere that something will happen or the Lord will let me have my little part in the service. And I'll think, I guess I needed to be here. And I really think that's why God still got me here. I mean, I'm reminded of that of a lot. You know, I've did lots of funeral services, and I think that's why God still got me here. And so, you ladies, your husbands are going to be going from time to time. I don't know how much, but they need your support. And and it's great to have a wife that don't want you to go, but yet a wife that supports you if she can't go with you. Yeah. So, so you ladies, do they have your support? You can just nod. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's important. Now, there's uh, one thing that come to me that I'm going to read to you. I had to look it up. So if you all seen me on my phone back here, I wasn't texting anybody. Uh, this, is, uh, this is in Acts, the 26th chapter. And uh, Apostle Paul was before King Agrippa. And, and this is, he was telling King Agrippa about his conversation between him and the Lord when, when he was talking to the Lord. And here's what Jesus told him. He said, but rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of the things which thou hast seen and of those things in which I will appear unto thee. That's your whole task. If you felt like, boy, I don't know, this just seems overwhelming to me, your whole task is to tell what God's done for you. And if he shows you something, if he shows you something, Tell it. I'm telling you, we're having a good meeting. I'm going to ask you fellows again, you believe in the things that you've just been shared with, and, uh, Church Covenant Articles of Faith, you believe all that? Amen. Willing to stand on that even in the face of adversity. Amen. Well, I appreciate that. And I appreciate this doctrine that we've had shared and the spirit it's been shared with. We didn't just have somebody get up and read a bunch of words and it just be dry and boring. I'm telling you what, we've had the, the power of God has been witnessing this service. And here, I know you fellows are called and I've... I've uh, I'm privileged to be your pastor, and uh, you've helped me a lot, and helped this church a lot, and you preach a lot. But if, if I didn't even know you fellows, and I just happened to come by this uh, service today, and I came in and I sat down, and I'd observed what's going on, I would assume that you fellows are called to preach because of the way God has witnessed. See, God puts his witness on things. And so, uh, in just a little bit, uh, we're going to have an ordination prayer and a laying on of hands. And uh, let me describe what we might do that way. When we get ready to do that, uh, we'll ask you uh, three fellows to come around and kneel at the altar here. 
if you ladies would even like to go over and sit on that front bench, you'd probably be more comfortable. And uh, we'll have the uh, we'll have the ordained council come, and we'll gather around the altar and we'll pray. And uh, Brother Carl's been uh, uh, selected by the committee to lead ordination prayer. Well, then after we uh, after you fellows just stay down there kneeling after we've uh, gotten done praying, and one by one we'll come around and lay hands on you, and we might have a word of encouragement if God will give us a word of encouragement uh, to speak to you. And then after each one of you, uh, uh, we talk to you, and each one of us, uh, you've probably got a paper for us to sign, don't you? Okay. And you will probably leave that up here? Okay. You leave that up here, and then one by one, as we come around and uh, speak to you and lay hands on you, uh, we come around one by one and sign that ordination paper and put the information on it. Now, I'm probably going to wait till after uh, the message uh, before I... Uh, officially ask the uh, church to release the council and then close out the business meeting. But I'll say this. After we've come around and we've prayed and we've laid hands on them, if any of you fellows feel like you want to occupy some of these seats back here, uh, you feel free to do that. If you want to come back up here, you can do that. Uh, but if, you know, sometimes because, well, I'd like to get around where I can look the preacher now. If you want to do that, that's fine with me. I appreciate what's been done already. And I appreciate what still needs to be done. But uh, at this time, if there's nothing else from the council, no questions or anything, uh, Brother Denny did a good job interrogating, but maybe I could ask, is there any question or comment in anybody's mind that you need to add to what's been said and done already? You can do that. You do. Come on. Okay. Come on. Yes. Amen. Gentlemen, uh, your, Denny mentioned your qualifications, and you're all three qualified, and I don't have any doubt about that. Uh, your ordination papers, in my understanding, belong to this church, and we're going to sign them, and we're going to let you men have them. And as Brother Carl said, mine are one of the most precious possessions that I have. Uh, but if at some point this church asks you for those papers back, for whatever reason, whether that's because we believe that you're now disqualified because of facts of life or for whatever other reason, will you voluntarily return those papers to the church? Jordan, Lee, Neil, thank you. Amen. Well, I say amen to that. That's, that's a wonderful question. I'm, I'm real glad that you felt like asking that. I appreciate that. Okay, anybody else got something? All right, we'll ask you men to come around and kneel. And uh, like I said, if you ladies want to get on the front bench, sure you can. Now, you fellas just come around and then we'll ask the council to come on around. Let's gather around and uh, we'll pray. And uh, we'll get gathered around and we'll wait for the call to start us. And then we'll come around and lay hands on and say what we need to.
before you and lift your holy name up that, Father, our people could see the need of Jesus. And our Father, we pray for your holy will to be carried out in the remainder of this service. And Lord, just bless each and every one that's here this day, Lord. Each church is represented. You know the need, and we pray for your will to be done in every heart and life. And Help us each and every one to be exactly what you need us to be for your glory, that our Father, our people, can see the reality and serve it all in God and know how real this is in our lives. And Father, we praise you for everything you've done for us. In Jesus' yeah. holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Sign that put you put your church's name down there with some
thank the Lord for this service thus far. Now, even though we've, uh, you know, and I, I said for the council just sit where they wanted to, and we've done that, but we still know who the council is. I need a motion and a second from the council to turn these men back over to the hands of Lima uh, Missionary Baptist Church as fully ordained ministers of the gospel. Amen. Could I get a second for that? Okay. Men of the council, would you vote if approval of that? Just raise your hands and amen. That looks like everybody. Appreciate that. Now, I need a motion and a second from Lima Missionary Baptist Church to receive these man, men back into our hands as fully ordained ministers of the gospel. Can I get a motion from Lima Missionary Baptist Church to do that? Amen. Can I get a second? Okay, regular moving second. Everybody favor that? Just show up by raising your right hand. Amen. Thank the Lord for that. And won't you really pray? Uh, I got hold of these men uh, earlier on, and uh, I sent them, actually sent them a group text, and I said, I want you men to talk about it and uh, confer and, and see who you would want to preach your charge. And uh, when uh, they got back to them, they said, if you're able and willing, we want you to do it. So I'm, I'm very honored. And uh, I want you to really pray. And uh, I'm going to ask you to do something. I don't, uh, I don't do this uh, often, but I feel like doing it tonight. I like to ask everybody to stand up while I read the scripture. <clears throat> I want to read about nine verses. And uh, uh, this is in the, the book of Titus. And so please pray as I read and pray after I read. Uh, Paul a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness. Boy, and that says a lot of things the men in the council said tonight, didn't it? That's where it's at. It said, In hope of eternal life which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. We heard that already. Amen. But hath in due times manifested his word through preaching which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior, to Titus, my own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. For this cause left I thee in crate, that thou shouldest set in order the things which are wanting, and ordain elders in every city as I have uh, appointed thee. Now listen, this gives the qualifications. If any be blameless... The husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of right or unruly. For a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine, both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. You may be seated. Oh, yeah, okay. Better get the mic on. That would be a good idea. You pray real hard. Uh, I need to preach some about preaching. And I appreciate these men that are God called, and uh, we've witnessed that, and uh, that's been said over and over again, and I say amen to it. I'm glad that God called them. I'm glad that it's evident that they're called. And so when Paul began talking here uh, to
to Titus. Uh, he said, my own son after the common faith, and he wasn't talking about uh, physical. He was talking about in the Lord, his son in the faith. And he said, by faith. But he talks to him, he talks about uh, who needs to be ordained. And I, I want you to know it takes, it takes God uh, to prove a man, and it takes a man to be proved. And when he follows the Lord, God proves him. And so uh, I'm uh, thinking back, and God brought uh, a lot of things back from my uh, early uh, preaching days and when I was just a young preacher, and some of those I want to share with you. Uh, there was a time when a young man uh, that I was and my wife, and I was preaching, and, uh, but we wasn't real, uh, wasn't real locked in on coming to church every time the doors is open. Sometimes I'd miss on Sunday night. And, uh, sometimes I'd just... Uh, I'd say, well, I don't, don't think I need to go to church all the time. I've got other stuff to do. Well, I had a good pastor. His name was Siegel Newport. And uh, he said, hey, bud. I said, I want to talk to you a little bit. And I said, okay. I thought he sounded pretty stern. And uh, he said, uh, you called to preach. He said, you got a good spirit. God's been blessing you. I said, thank you. He said, but if you want to have power with God, you're going to have to do better than you've been doing. I said, what, what do you mean? He said, you don't come to church like you ought to. He said, I don't know what you're doing or where you're at. and said, probably none of my business. But he said, if you don't come to church regularly, said, people's not going to have confidence in you. And he said, the amount of power that you have with people is consistent with the amount of confidence that they have in you. If you want people to have confidence in you and pray for you, he said, you need to have uh, a life that uh, shows them that you're serious about what you're doing, bud. And he said, and furthermore, if you don't do what God's wanting you to do, God's going to kind of withdraw that spirit from you. He said, pretty soon you'll just dry up. He said, if you want to have power with God, he said, you need to get with it. Uh, boy, I'm telling you what, uh, uh, I've never forgot those words. And I, I said, yes, sir. And it didn't make me mad. It kind of, you know, pinched me a little bit. Kind of, uh, I felt like I'd had a whooping, uh, kind of like when I was home and I disobeyed mom and dad, you know, but, but he, he wasn't telling me that to be, uh, uh, to get on me or be mad at me. Uh, Siegel wasn't telling me that uh, to uh, offend me. He was telling me that to try to help me. And so when the Bible talks about down here, talks about who the Lord ain't, said, if any man be blameless, and says then the husband of one wife, uh, having faithful children. When it talks about being blameless, uh, that doesn't mean being perfect. When he said uh, a man, uh, when it said down here, uh, he must be blameless, uh, that means that he needs to have a, a life that uh, people can look at and they can uh, see with confidence that he's God's man. Uh, now, uh, the world might accuse you falsely, and some of the scriptures talks about being accused falsely, and it says down here we shouldn't be uh, people that has uh, accusations from out in the world, but we need, to, uh, have, uh, we need to have a life that people can see that we're really in the right way. But let me put it this way. What I'm trying to get to, uh, Apostle Paul, uh, he was falsely accused. Uh, even Jesus was falsely accused. The world can accuse you falsely, but when it's talking about uh, being blameless, uh, this is talking about uh, having a good conscience, knowing that you're in the right place, doing the right thing. Uh, you need to be about the Father's business. And I, I'm telling you what, when it talks about down here, it says uh, being a steward of God. Now, let me tell you what that word steward means. 
Uh, that's like a fella, uh, if, you had, if you had servants in your house and you had a man taking care of the, the house and he was maybe making sure there's groceries in the house and making sure somebody cleaned the room. Uh, that's what being a steward is, means taking care of the household. I'm telling you what, we all are stewards of what God's got for us. We, we need to be uh, stewards of God. We need to be serious about taking care of things. Uh, we've got a little part. I've got a part. You've got a part. Everybody's got a part in this. We need to be uh, taking care of our part. We need to be uh, stewards for the Lord. When, when it's talking about being a steward of God, not self-will. Boy, I'm telling you what, it's easy to get your own uh, mind caught up in this thing, kind of leave the Lord out. Uh, don't be self-willed, uh, but let God's uh, will be what's in your life. Uh, I'm telling you what, sometimes we can take these things personal. Uh, uh, did you ever have somebody say something to you? Uh, maybe it sounded a little bit uh, ill or something. And it's easy to kind of get riled up and take it personal. If, if you're going to be a preacher, uh, if you're going to be a Christian, uh, you're going to have to not wear your feelings on your, on your sleeve. Uh, uh, if it not, don't just mean preacher, but kind of especially works for preachers, but works for all Christians. Uh, sometimes you just got to overlook things and pray and go on. Uh, I'm telling you what, uh, we need to be about the Father's business, not self-will. Uh, I, I want to share some things that some old preachers uh, has told me. I already shared one with my pastor, Brother Siegel Newport. Uh, let me I'll tell you another one. Uh, a preacher Bob Jones one time, I was in church one time, and, and there was a, quite a crowd there, and there's a fellow preaching, or he, he was trying to preach, seemed like he had a rough time. He kind of struggled, and, and after a while, uh, he got kind of kind of a scold in the church. He said, I don't know what's wrong with you people. He said, you're not back me like you ought to uh, and, uh, boy, uh, and instead of it uh, getting higher and higher it just got lower and lower uh, I mean the bottom about fell out of it and I thought oh man uh, it kind of had an odd feeling to it well after church was over Bob Jones said I want to talk to you just a minute said, God's laid it on my heart. said, I want to tell you something. Uh, he said, now, I'm not trying to down the fellow it was up tonight, but said, I want to tell you something. He said, in all my preaching days, he said, I never have uh, scolded a church uh, for not backing me. He said, you know why? He said, uh, they want to back you. He said, if you get hooked, they will back you. He, he said, when a preacher gets up and can't get hooked and starts scolding the church, he said, you can look at the man that's up. He's the one that's at fault because he ain't humbled his heart and got hooked. He said, if you get hooked, the church church will back you. He said, in all my life, he said, I've never scolded a church for not backing me. But now, let me tell you what sometimes he did say that he did. And I've done this a lot. I'm like Bob. I took that lesson from him. I don't scold the church if it don't seem like they're backing me. I just try to figure out where I went wrong at. I'll tell you what, I have done. And Bob said he'd done this. He said, now sometimes if I'm really struggling, he said, instead of scolding the church, he said, I just remind them, said, church, I need you. I can't preach without you. I need your help. And he said, give me all you got because I need every bit of help. I'm just kind of a weak servant and I need your power. A preacher can't preach without the church. We're hooked up in it together. He said, so I'll plead with them sometimes. Pray as hard as you can. And he's when I encourage them like that, he said, boy, he said, I find out they, they come through good. He said, I, I'm glad that I've got a God that's able. So fellas, don't take it personal. Uh, uh, if somebody says something, let me get back on that. If somebody says something that sounds a little odd, uh, don't take it personal. Uh, just take it to the Lord. I'll give you an example or two. Uh, back when we were in the Albert Street building years ago, uh, and we were having a pretty good uh, time, having good services, uh, but hadn't been anybody saved for a while. And there was a lady come up to me, and she said, uh, Preacher, said, I want to ask you a question. I said, Okay. Uh, she sounded kind of upset. She said, What's the matter with our church? 
I said, I don't know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, what do you mean? She said, why? You know we ain't had anybody saved for a while. Uh, she said, what's the matter with our church? And I said, oh, I know where you're coming from now. I, I said, let me ask you a couple questions, and then I'll answer your question. I said, have we been having good meetings? And she said, why? You know we have. Uh, she said, you can feel the Lord every time we come together. She said, feels like heaven moves. Uh, I said, well, okay. Now, I said, if heaven's moving, uh, don't you think that means there's not too much the matter with her church. She said, well, it does seem like that. She said, why aren't people getting saved? I said, I can tell you why they're not getting saved. Uh, she said, well, why? I said, because they don't want to. Uh, uh, they're telling God no. Uh, I said, now, uh, probably the church could move up and probably we all could move up some. Uh, probably there's people maybe in church that needs to straighten up. But I said, as far as the body of the church, uh, uh, when the Holy Spirit's moving in power, uh, uh, there's not too much out of line because uh, uh, when God's honoring the church, with a powerful spirit, uh, then God's calling. We go through seasons like that. Uh, I didn't take offense at what she asked me. Uh, let me tell you what somebody else asked me one time. Now, this maybe get more to the point. Uh, we had a service on Sunday morning at Lima Church on Albert Street. Uh, and boy, I struggled. I mean, I, I don't know what was the matter with me that morning, but it seemed like I just uh, hit and miss. Wasn't hardly uh, getting anywhere. Uh, but there was a lady there, and her husband was a lost man. And he come to church with her that morning. He hadn't been coming uh, for a long time. He didn't hardly come, uh, but he come that morning. Uh, and so I was glad he was there. I was standing at the back of the door shaking hands as people went out. Uh, and he went through, and I shook his hand and said, Glad to have you. And when she come through, his wife, uh, I shook her hand. I said, I'm glad to have you. And, and I whispered to her. I said, I'm sure glad your husband come today, aren't you? She kind of frowned at me. She said, I'm glad he come. Said, I don't know why you picked a day you couldn't preach. <laughs> and so, my goodness, I kind of got hammered that day. But I didn't take offense at it. I just wondered why I picked that time I couldn't preach too. But no need to take offense. Sometimes things just happen like that. Sometimes that's just the way it goes. But you just got to pick yourself up with God's help and keep on pressing on. And so when he talks about here, bishops must be blameless. The steward of God, not self-willed. I'm telling you what, uh, listen, uh, when I was a young preacher, uh, I used to worry about uh, maybe I'm not doing good as this fellow. I'm not doing good as that fellow. Uh, there's a, a bunch of us young preachers in. Uh, I'm telling you, the devil kind of beat me over the head with that. But God finally got my attention. He said, you're not in competition with them fellas. Uh, you don't have to preach like they do. You don't have to preach good as they do. Uh, all you got to do is do your best for me. That'll apply to a preacher or any Christian. Uh, you're not in competition with anybody. Just do your best uh, for the Lord. Do your best for the glory of God. I'm telling you what, uh, we need to be about the Father's business. And so it goes on down here. Said, not soon angry. Uh, let's get that. For a bishop must be blameless as the servant, as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry. I'm telling you what, it's easy to get angry over things. It's easy to take things personal. Uh, but we got to lay that kind of stuff aside. Let God help us. Uh, and we need to reach out to people in love, uh, not anger. And listen, uh, sometimes uh, things gets on my mind and on my nerves. I wonder why in the world uh, people are doing what they're doing. And I wonder why they're not doing more than what they're doing. And I'm going to take my time. You just pray and need to preach some of this. 
just a, uh, just a recent service we had on a Sunday morning. Uh, God let me preach a message, and it had, it had some things in it. And that was a kindly, uh, maybe harsh. Uh, somebody might have felt like, well, boy, that's kind of hard preaching. Uh, let me tell you this. Uh, sometimes we have to preach a message of rebuke. Uh, but I'm telling you what, uh, I better not ever preach my message of rebuke. If God, wants, if God wants me to preach a message of rebuke, I better preach his message, and I better do it in love. If the preacher will preach right out of his heart and preach in love, uh, then if it's a message uh, that's uh, scolding people or telling them to straighten up, well, I, I preach some about people not coming to church like they ought to. One of the things I said, I, I said, now, I'm glad we got a live stream. And I, it's a blessing that people can't come to church. One of the comments God put on my heart, but I said, I'm going to tell you something right now. Uh, if you're one of those people on the live stream and you could have come to church, but you're just lazy and you're staying home and watching live stream, shame on you. Oh, uh, this is kind of interesting. Uh, God might have done this just so I could tell it tonight. Now, uh, I come in church Sunday night and I was coming up the aisle there and I just happened to overhear this service, uh, this conversation. I wasn't trying to eavesdrop, but uh, I'm glad I heard it. Uh, There's a man sitting there, a fellow sitting behind him, tapped him on the shoulder. He said, hey, buddy. I said, I'm glad to see you. You don't come on Sunday night usually. You don't usually come on Sunday night. Uh, he said, what are you doing here tonight? He said, well, me and my wife talked about it after the service this morning. He said, we both went home, and we both felt like we'd had a whooping. He, he said, the way that preacher preached this morning, he said, felt like it was giving us a whipping. Uh, he said, and so, he said, we decided we ought to straighten up a little bit and come to church like we ought to, and so that's why we're here tonight. Well, well I could have shouted, but I didn't. I just went on. Uh, God knows what we need. And, and, of course, I didn't have them picked out. I, I don't pick uh, people out to preach to. Uh, God just gives us a message. And, and I'm t- let, me, let me give you some more on this. Uh, I'll tell you, I'm telling a lot of stories, but it seems like it's coming to my heart. Years ago, when I used to pastor up at uh, Pleasantview where Denny Hunter's at now, uh, many years ago, because I've been here uh, 48 years, uh, but listen, I want you to get this. Uh, there, there was these two women in church. They was fine ladies, uh, both good Christian women, and, and, and I don't know how things happen like they do sometimes, but I was out visiting. I stopped in this one place where this one lady lived. She said, I'm glad you come by. She said, I believe God sent you this way. I said, well, maybe. I'm glad to be here. She said, you won't believe what sister so-and-so done to me and what she said to me and how she treated me. Well, it just shocked me because I had confidence in both them women. And I said, well, I'm sorry. And she said, let me tell you about it. So she did. And I'm telling you what, after she told her story, sound like that woman done her awful. Uh, well, the next day, I made it a point to kind of go around by where the other lady lived. Well, I stopped in there and uh, she said, I'm sure glad you come by. She said, I believe God sent you. She said, I got something to tell you. And I said, uh, well, because I was wondering what I was going to say to her about what that other woman had said. Turned out I didn't need to say anything. Uh, she told me her story, and when she told me her story, it sounded like she was in the right. If I had listened to woman number one, it sounded like she was in the right, and the other lady was wrong. If I had listened to lady number two, it sounded like she was right, and the other lady was in the wrong. I said, what in the world am I going to do? And, well, uh, I got to thinking about it and praying about it. I, I said, I'm going to have to get me a message together here uh, to line them ladies out. I'm going to have to straighten them out. I'm going to have to line them out. Boy, I worked on that message and thought about it. And, uh, only thing was I hadn't included God in on it. Uh, that, was, that was kind of a mistake, wasn't it? 
uh, a big mistake. Well, uh, I, I got up Sunday morning and went to church. But sure enough, both those ladies are. One was sitting far on that side, one was sitting far on that side. And I said, oh, my goodness, they both here? I don't know what in the world's going to happen. So I got to looking over them scriptures. And I'll use a saying that a, another old preacher used a long time ago. There was a little dark cloud come over there. And I said, what, what's going on? Uh, God spoke to me real clearly. He said, that's not my message. I didn't give you that. Uh, he said, you can't preach that. I, I didn't give it to you. I said, oh, God, what am I going to preach? And he gave me a scripture, a little short scripture. Uh, God is love. And, and I said, well, uh, God, if that's what you want me to preach, I'm willing. But I don't see how that's going to work. Oh, well, I, I got up and started preaching. God started blessing me. And, and I'm telling you what, heaven moved. And a church went to the mountaintop preaching on God is love. Well, and, and so we felt like making an altar call, calling people an altar. <clears throat> and so we did that. And the choir started singing and the church started singing. And, and I looked and out of this eye, I could see the one lady coming up the side aisle. And I could see the other lady. They was coming up the side aisle just like that. And, well, they started across. And I'll tell you what, and I, I'll get right up here like this. I was behind the pit and uh, they met right here in the middle and I thought well Lord what's going to happen I wonder if they're going to fight or what's going to go on because uh, boy when I talked to them a few days before they was mad well, when they got right there in front of the pulpit uh, they throw their arms open and they begin to cry and they uh, wrapped their arms around each other and started patting each other and uh, telling each other they were sorry and telling each other they, they loved each other and praising God and they went to shouting and the church went to shouting and, and God said, now, uh, where do you think you'd be if you'd have preached your message? Uh, boy, well, we'd have been in bad trouble. And uh, so uh, if, if God gives you a message of rebuke, preach the message of rebuke. Uh, but don't preach it unless God gives it to you. Uh, uh, wait on the Lord. Preach whatever God gives. Uh, don't be self-willed. Uh, I'm telling you what, we got to leave our self-will out of it. And so let me get that again. A bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed. Not soon angry. Uh, boy, we got to hold our anger back. Uh, if somebody is going to get angry at folks, uh, God's got a right to get angry. I don't have a right to get angry. Uh, sometimes, I'll be honest, I'm human. Sometimes I start getting angry. And I say, help me, God. Sometimes I get frustrated. It's not easy sometimes being a pastor. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes I think, well, why in the world? Uh, these people, they got lost people maybe children or relatives or family. Why won't they come to church regular? Why won't they come? It frustrates. But God said, uh, you just preach what I give you. You live for me. Be good to everybody. Love them. Uh, but just preach what I give you. Because yeah. God said, I can see the big picture. I can see what's in their mind. I can see what's in their heart. I know what the future holds. And he said, you're not responsible uh, to know all that. When I was a young preacher, I foolish, boy, I've asked God some foolish things. When I was a young preacher, I had such a burden for folks. And I said, God, just help me see what's in their heart. I, God, help me see what's in their heart. And God spoke to me, powerful. He said, you asked me a foolish question. He said, if I showed you what was in their heart, you couldn't deal with it. It would break you down to nothing. God said, I'm the one that can see what's in the heart. He said, you don't have to. God said, let me do my job and you do your job. He said, you don't have to see what's in their heart. All you have to do is preach what I give you. Preach what I give you. Preach what I give you. Over and over and over again. Preach what the Lord gives you. That'll do the job and nothing else will. And so he goes on down there and said, but a lover of hospitality. Well, I'm telling you what, 
uh, when you got the love of God in you and you reach out to people. It touches them. It affects them. Be a lover of hospitality. A lover of good men. Sober. That doesn't just mean staying awake from alcohol. That means, uh, that means focus and have a serious mind. It uh, goes down here. I uh, said uh, just and holy and temperate. Uh, listen to this. Boy, I'm telling you what. said holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayer. Boy, I'm telling you what. And let me, let me go back here into uh, the book of First uh, Timothy in chapter 3. And a couple of verses down here. It gives a whole list of qualifications down here. Reads just a little different, but on the same tune. It goes down here and it says this. Uh, not a novice. Man being ordained, not a novice. What's that mean? Not just such a beginner uh, that he don't know what he's doing. Uh, let him be established. I'm glad these men are established. Uh, not, a, not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride. He fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Oh, praise God. I'm telling you what. Uh, I've got a God that knows what I need. I've got a God that knows what you need. I've got a God that knows what the church needs. And uh, the everything. Sometimes uh, I get a message on my heart, and I've learned over the years not to question God. If I know God's in it, just uh, preach it. But sometimes I say, boy, I, that's not what I thought I was going to have today. That's not what I thought I was going to get today. But every time I obey God, I'm happy I obeyed God. I've always found that out. I've never been sorry that I followed God. God knows what we need, and He knows how to get things done. And by the grace of God, now, there's a lot more in this, but I think that's probably enough preaching. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad for what I can feel in my soul. I'm glad for this great congregation. I'm glad for this great council and great people, and great men that we've ordained and great wives that they've got. Boy, uh, th this is a wonderful day. This is a wonderful day. I just, boy, I thank God for it. And uh, I will tell you, that's all, that's all the preaching, but I'm going to tell you one more little story. Uh, it just come on to mind. This was touched in the, about how our wives need to help us and stuff. And when I was just a very young preacher, and I was, I was going to quit just every few days. Uh, I was just going to quit. I just, you know, I, I get discouraged, and so I'm just going to quit. I know that's silly, but, and but I started. We'd, I'd go out of church if I'd tried to preach and hadn't got where I need to. I'd, I was getting the car and so I'm quit. My good wife, she'd pay it on me and say, "Honey, you can't quit, and you didn't do that bad." And, you know, don't get too discouraged. And so we went that way for a while, and I was kind of enjoying her consoling me and petting on me. One day, one day I got in the car, and I said, I was quitting. She said, well, good, I'm just quitting too. <laughs> said it right hateful. I said, you, what are you talking about? You know you can't quit. She said, well, if you know I can't quit, then you know you can't quit, and I'm tired of hearing it, and I don't want to hear it no more. And if it ever crossed my mind after that, I didn't mention it to her. <laughs> and so, so, just a thought. <laughs> and, uh, but I thank the Lord. I thank the Lord for his grace and his mercy. Okay. Uh, looking back to Lima Church. Lima Church, uh, can I hear a move in a second to release this council? Okay. Okay, regular moving second to release the council. Everybody in favor of doing so? Show up, praise your right hand. Amen. I praise the Lord for that. Now, anything else to be done before we go eat supper? 
If not, can I hear a move it will during the business meeting? feel yourself dismissed from business meeting. Now, I'm in a quandary. I don't know what to do. Uh, we haven't been having full-fledged handshakes around here uh, since COVID hit. And uh, I didn't ask these folks if they wanted people to come shake hands with them, hug their necks. <laughs> you too? You too? Okay. All right. Well, won't you come back across the front here then? You and your wives. And we get uh, uh, we get we get uh, we have us a song. Oh, there he is! I was looking for it. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. And uh, we'll let everybody stand. And now, if you want to come around and shake hands with these folks, uh, do it. And if you don't want to, no offense, uh, but. Uh, and then after, after we shake hands, we got food in the fellowship hall.
Get you a couple pieces or more. Get your hands full. Get a little dry. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. That's empty anyway. <laughs> 